everyone. Welcome to a very, very special edition of Wrestling with the Future. I'm your host, Lucky Media Angelo, joined as always by the happy haberdasher, the smartest guy in the room, Dan the Man Sebastiano. How you doing, Danny? I'm great, Angelo. It's been a uh, 2020, kicked out another shitty week so far, but I'm looking forward to a good interview, maybe shed some uh, some light on dark times. Oh, brother, I'm going to tell you what, we got the guy tonight. Speaking of uh, dark times, Mike Messier is back. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot. (laughs) I love you, Mikey. You know that. He's an actor, director, writer, producer, filmmaker, uh, sometimes referee, sometimes wrestler, sometimes uh, ad hoc stuntman. Marvelous Mike the Movie Maker Messier. Mikey, how you doing tonight? I'm good, Angelo. I'm good. You know, uh, I've done a little bit of stunt work in the film industry, but tonight we have a guest I'm very excited about because he's been a lot of great film projects as well as uh, wrestling. So it's going to be a great conversation. That's enough. Cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it. Sometimes Mikey does my intro for me when it's real. Oh, I, I, I do a preface to the introduction. I warm up the introduction. I, I segue. The opening I'm a pro, man. I'm a pro. 62 years old. I've been doing this a long time. Now, so uh, just to let everybody know, Mikey is, uh, is under the weather tonight. Um, He's got some, you know, some health issues going on right now. He's sitting up for us. Non-COVID. Uh, Non-COVID. Please COVID. clarify. He's got, a, he's got a hernia. I, I don't uh, want to talk about that on the air. I don't want to. Uh, we're not going to talk about it. I'm just going to tell everybody you have a hernia. Yeah, but I don't want it on the air, though. I don't. I really don't want it. I didn't tell anybody anything. I don't, I, don't, I don't want it on the show. We'll cut this in post. He has a hernia, so he's sitting up rather than laying down. I don't want um, to So Mikey's with us. And we have a, a very, very special guest tonight. This guy told this guy's been around. You're talking about actor, producer, writer, author, um, wrestler, movie star, television star, kind of comic book hero, folk here. You name it. What the hell does Andrew Anderson not do? He is the original Renaissance man of pro wrestling. Um and part-time Viking if you need one, and and part-time uh, TV villain if you need one, uh, but full-time great guy, full-time pro wrestler. He is our very special guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen, the reinforcer himself, Andrew Anderson. Andrew, how you doing? How are you guys? Good. Terrific. What's up? Brother, By the way, Mike, Mike, I know it's not a hernia. I know you actually have. A really, really, really audacious, horrible, freaking case of hemorrhoids. I know that. But don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry. Uh, they got a spackle bucket of Preparation H. And uh, they got a squeegee from the guy on the street. Don't worry. He's COVID-free. And later on, Dan is going to bend you over. And he's going to rub Whoa, whoa, whoa. This, this show is getting out of here. <laughs> Good Lord. We're going to lose worry, our don't sponsorship from me. Don't worry. Don't worry. He'll put a butt plug in your mouth while he's doing oh it. There you don't go. Let's do another. I, I thought the I thought Beautiful. the dirty promos were a different show, Angela. No, no, I do everything. And Andrew Anderson is also a part-time doctor and proctologist. <laughs> I'm actually having penis reduction surgery so that I'm not hurting women left and right here in Southern <laughs> Florida. But I didn't want to. I didn't want to say that. I thought so the I, that off. 
I thought the goat bit the tip off. That's what I heard, Mike. That's, that's right. <laughs> Andrew, you realize our sponsor is Manscaped. <laughs> oh, boy. There you go. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a shoot. Jesus. So how are you guys doing? Everybody doing good? Everybody oh, yeah. Staying, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's been an, an adventurous ride for Andrew Anderson. Um, you know, we were talking, you know, in, in the interest of full disclosure, before we went on the air, uh, Andrew and I were, were speaking about, you know, whether we had met before. And in fact, I did meet him many, many moons ago. Uh, worked for the late Dennis Carluzzo uh, here in New Jersey. And, uh, of course, you know, if you don't know Andrew's story, and I'll let him tell it, but uh, we have a, a mutual connection, again, that I didn't realize until I went back into the history and uh, and um, and remembered who trained him and who discovered him. And uh, so, Andrew, let's uh, let's talk about... You know, first of all, why wrestling? Um, my understanding is that you actually, you, you're when you were a kid, you wanted to be an actor. Yeah, I actually wanted to be, I wanted to be a rock star. Actually, you know, I I wanted to be a rock star. I was in a lot of lot of bands over the years, and uh, you know, my father worked for Atlantic Records, and you know, I really tried to get into the music system and. It was great. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. But there I am. I, I, I went to college. I became an investment banker. Um, I had got a, a degree in business administration, which led to a, a master's degree in business administration, a minor in, uh, in, in, uh, in uh, um, political science and uh, uh, a BA in uh, marketing and management. Because a lot of the same classes I used for marketing management were going towards business administration. So when I got my master's, I had enough credits there to get, you know, to continue on in some of the Credits for my master's became credits for my BA in uh, marketing and management. But, you know, um, I decided I did what every other good guy that was working in, on. Uh, well, I actually didn't work on Wall Street. I worked on the 35th floor of the Payne Weber building in Manhattan on the Avenue of the Americas. But I did what every sure. other red American would do. I would bounce on the weekends to meet girls. There and you go. Who, who do you think comes walking into the bar? No, no great stories about about the investment firm, about banking, but I'm bouncing in a bar in Wallington, New Jersey on a weekend and who comes walking in. But I see this big mullet walk in. It's a metal maniac. Mm. Brother, oh, oh, brother. <laughs> my, my friend I, Jeff Miller. Yep. And right behind him is the brother himself. Jimmy brother. The brother. And the brother took me under his wing and uh, one thing led to the next. And before you know it, uh, I'm training, I'm wrestling, and I'm going to places all over the country, the world, and uh, and then I'm teaming with Nikolai Volkov, and um, I took over uh, um, uh, Boris Zukov's, I guess, job at the time was 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 uh, as one of the Bolsheviks. I was a Siberian Tiger my first few years, my first five years, yeah. and I teamed with him, you know, with with Nikolai for a long time. But but I always wound up getting ring. I always came back to Jimmy. You know, what I'm saying it was always me and Jimmy somehow. Some way down the road, Jimmy, you know, and uh, Jimmy and Carol was on your show recently. What a beautiful woman, wonderful woman, uh, a, a, a phenomenal person, a phenomenal mom, uh, and 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 great, yeah. great, son. and I love her dearly. And she was on with two more of my my beautiful friends, um, um, 
uh, Barbara Goodish, Bruce Brody's widow, who's a, a extremely close. I love her dearly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been friends with her for a long time and extremely close with Karen McDaniel, who is, is like, a, like a big sis to me, you know, Wahoo's widow. They're, they're, I've been, I've, I've wrestled Wahoo yeah. one of Wahoo's last matches. And, um, you know, I was with, um, with, uh, with, with Carol over the years with Jimmy. So I've, I've through, through all the ups and downs, all the way yeah, to yeah. illness and 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 the, the the nightmare that they went through with that case being reopened and oh and, yeah and uh and it's, and Barbara Barbara I know Barbara for years from from the Cauliflower Alley and from all the different conventions oh and sure Barbara, she's just a sweetheart you know and uh oh my god was, I've known Barbara and, and and Karen for ages wow I've, I've well you know I've been around this. You know, Andrew, I've been around this business for 48 years, brother. That's pretty good. That's a yeah. good run. Yeah, it's a great run. You know, uh, Phil Zacco was my uncle. Um, yeah, so I got, a, I have a little legacy. But here's the thing, though. Back in the day, you know, you mentioned the guy who we love on the show. He's been here three or four times already. You know, the other brother, Jeff Miller, the metal maniac. I love Jeff. No, Jeff, Jeff you, you, he's an acquired taste, as you know. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have our falling outs, but I always love him, you know? Yeah. He, he's a character. Did you ever work a program where he, because I know he and Jimmy were married for years together no, all over I, the country. I actually, I actually, this is, this is one for the, this is a classic story, okay? Jeff, Jeff, Jeff is, Jeff and I worked for uh, East Coast Pro Wrestling a lot over the years, over the past 26 years. And uh, Jeff was working for, for East Coast Pro Wrestling, and Jeff's opponent didn't show up, and my opponent didn't show up. And we're wrestling at a small venue in, um, it was in, I, I got to say it was in uh, Mawa, New Jersey, in Mawa, New Jersey, at the Elks Lodge. So yeah. uh, the promoter writes, writes it out. Jeff knows that. Time. I was I, at the time. I'm still right now. I'm not going to toot that I'm strong in bench press and Buicks like I used to, you know, because I haven't been in a gym since March, since, you know, I think March 5th, like that. So yeah. I know it sucks for me, but back then I was, I was, I was a strapping young bastard and <laughs> it was, yeah, um, sure. Pretty, it was pretty funny, you know, and my whole routine was that I was, I, I was a bench press routine and I'd gorilla press the guy no matter how big he was in the ring. So I'd press him on my head. One of my cast members and good friends of mine and a student of mine from the movie The Wrestler, Paulie Normus, was a jacked up bodybuilder. Sure. Uh, six foot five, 300 pounds, 320 pounds. And every time we do the same spot in the ring and Jeff knew this, I'd shoot him off. I'd hit him with a shoulder tackle. He wouldn't go down. I'd hit him with another tackle. And Paul Enormous would not go down. God rest Paul's soul. I love them. He passed away uh, for the premiere of The Wrestler. He was in all my scenes in The Wrestler with me. Um, yeah. Do, uh, then the next spot would be I would turn around and I would hit, hit Paul with the biggest flying shoulder tackle. Paul would take the big bump. I'd pose to the crowd and he'd be behind me. I wouldn't see him. And Paul would be there. So we do the old Flair Luger spot where I'd flex to the crowd and then the monster's behind me and I'd turn around. Now, this is where we did the swerve. The fans would expect the jacked up monster to pick me up and hit me with And I would give him the kick to the balls and by the throat, snatch his balls and press Paul over my head 
At one time, I did 15 reps with the guy. <laughs> but, but, but this is where the old swerve comes in. As soon as I dropped him, Warriors, I would tell Paul, get, don't sell it, get up, and just start clotheslining the shit out of me, and I'll powder out of the ring. So that's how we would do it. So Jeff kind of knew this spot was coming. So <laughs> get in the ring. I chased Jeff. Jeff would always powder and spend more time out of the ring than in the ring. If you take away the mic, you'd go, what, what do I got left? You know, so I was chasing him around the ring. Yeah. All the boys are lined up in the place to watch this. Jeff is running. And Jeff's going, you're blowing me up, brother. You're blowing me up. <laughs> Finally, he slides in the ring. And I come in right after him. He hits me with the double axe handle. Double axe, double axe, double axe. Like, like Billy Eadie. He grabs me by my hair. Gives me a high, high knee to the freaking face. He goes, stay down. Hell, brother. And then he picks me up and he hits me with something else and I go down. Well, he's now I'm I'm selling, I'm listening to him because Jeff's got a few more years on me in the business, so I'm listening to him. He broke me in, so I gotta listen to him. But I waited till he turned his back on me. When he turned around, I'm standing up behind him. I grabbed him by the neck, I grabbed him by the balls, and I squeezed those balls extra hard than I normally would. Because I love <laughs> and I pressed his carcass over my head. And held him there, and he was about 300, two, I'd say 280, 285, and I held him there on yeah. my head. He just said, brother, please put me down. <laughs> so I gave him the old the old slam bomb, and, and it was funny. And nobody thought, nobody ever saw the maniac go up like that. The maniac always did the Ric Flair dump off the top rope. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But that was like, yeah. that, was, that was the only time Jeff and I worked. Except we did a three-way match in yeah. um, in ECPW. We did another three-way match at the old wrestling school, and there's an iconic picture, which which it's me with super short bleach blonde hair, slamming Jeff off the. It was one of the Ric Flair type dumps that I call it, and uh, and that yeah. was the, that was that was a great picture. It's an iconic picture, Angelo. Send, I'll send it to you on uh, on Messenger when uh, when we're yeah. I appreciate that. Well, there's a there's a reason I asked you about uh, you know, having worked with uh, Jeff Metal Maniac, um, and I was hoping that you would tell the story about Mawa. And there's a reason I was there. You were at the Mawa one. Huh? I was at the show that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was at that show. And I thought, I hope to God he remembers. I was I was there that night, and that was a great fucking show. And it was a really jacked up show. Um, you know, and you know, and Andrew, let's talk about that. Let's really talk about that, Andrew, because one of the things that I miss is those small indie shows that fifty or sixty people. That would sound like MSG on a Saturday oh, night. They were amazing. That place was great. That place was great. The Mawa Elks Lodge was great back then. But oh they my god! Yeah, sixty people. They had. A, they must have had about two hundred people in that place. Packed it out. They packed that yeah. place. They packed oh, it sure. out. Yeah. We were the fourth match. Yeah, and the people don't understand that today. You know they. They have no concept of what, and we talk a lot about that on the show. You know, the, what these these young fans today 
what they're missing. You know, first of all, they're they're missing being fans because everybody's so into being a mark, they forgot how to be a fan, and there is a difference, huge difference. That's uh, that's the biggest thing. They forgot how to be fans. The other thing is. We had characters back in the day, guys like Andrew Anderson, guys like Metal Maniac. You know, they were you guys weren't world famous yet. You were still making your bones. But when you guys walked into a ring, you know, the air got sucked out of the room because these your personalities were larger than life. And we've talked to Dan. Tell me how many times I've talked about that. Oh, pretty much every show that's wrestling before 1995 has come up yeah it's it's Andrew it's a forgotten part man Dan I'll tell you it's 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 when I walk down the street now you know people know I'm a wrestler of the freak shows in town you know right (laughs) so I mean you know that's it's it's like you see nowadays you, you look at a lot of the guys that they they don't look like wrestlers now I heard I heard Arn told me a story we were at a convention. Arn said, he was telling me and Animal, Roadrunner Animal, Joe, we're sitting there talking. I think it was, it was actually this past November, we were at the, um, in a WrestleCade. And Arn was saying something like, yeah, you know, he goes, certain guys, you know, when me and, me and Tully would come down, we didn't fit into the WWE. We looked more yeah. like businessmen in the airport. So people wouldn't like look at us like they would the Road Warriors or Santana and Martel, you know, because they, they dressed like, they dress like the horsemen, so they dress a yeah. lot classier than 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 most of the guys would wear Zubaz or or jeans and sneakers and stuff like that. They they dress sure, you know. Which nowadays Vince McMahon wants people to dress like Arn and Tully would dress. The right. look more appropriate business class type, you know. But but if you but if you look at Arn and Tully now walking down the street, they would look like wrestlers. Now yeah. nowadays now they look like wrestlers. They're not big. They're not that big. I mean, you got guys like uh, like like in AEW, like Lance Hoyt, that's just a monster. Um, the other guy, what's the guy? Um, the big guy that's there now. Luchasaurus. Um, Archer. Oh, oh, yeah, Archer. I'm talking about Archer. Lance Hoyt. That's yeah. Name. Um, yeah. yeah, Luchasaurus is a monster, too. Look at that guy. I mean, those guys oh, sure. to, to, to the way, you know, wrestlers used to look. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then the other guy, what's the other guy? Russell Cody in a cage. Oh, um, man, man, uh, Warlow, war, war, war yeah, yeah. Those guys, to me, mm-hmm. you see that, me, uh, that that warms my heart to see big guys like that getting a push. You know what I'm saying? I like that. I like that. I mean, I, it's to me, it was kind of, I, I, you know, I, it was different. It was when I when I saw, um, look, he's he, the guys beyond a phenomenal wrestler did a lot more than I ever could do. But yeah. when I saw his name, uh, um, Brian. Brian uh, um, Danielson, you know, Daniel Bryan, whatever they want to call oh, him. Oh, sure. You know, American Dragon, whatever they want to call him now. When I right. saw him going over on guys like Big Show and Triple H and and and, and mm-hmm. uh, Lesnar and everything, I'm saying to myself, they're killing the age of the big man. Yeah. killing the age of the big man. What were they yeah. doing that? That was a point uh, I brought up on a show. We actually had a similar conversation, and we, we were talking about NXT. At the time, they were building – uh, you know the, the different obviously NXT a lot of little guys, but yeah. they had they had um uh shoot um Alistair Black 
and they were kind of giving him the Undertaker style. He was towering over people with a big kick to the face. Alpha yeah. Black's five ten, and he was yeah. the, he was their big monster. It's like and it's Andrew. like now now and listen. I, I know some people are going to say, "Well, he never worked for WWE, so what the fuck is he talking about?" But you know what? It's still it's 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 that that I'm talking now as a a wrestling fan my whole life. You want to see the larger in life guys. You know what I'm saying? They, everybody has their spot in the business. But I just didn't. I, that mm-hmm. was the one time I couldn't get get the booking. You know, I could not get that. Yeah. But well, I tell you what. Speaking of larger than life, Andrew, uh, I got a surprise for you, brother. There's a gentleman on the phone with us tonight that wants to say hi. Who's that? Mystery guest. Say hi to Andrew. Hey, Andrew. Who's that? Mystery. Let me hear the voice a little more. Say a little more than a hey, Andrew. It's the Black Scorpion. Hey, Andrew, how are you? How did you enjoy That's coming to my It's Phil it's LaRusso, one of the greatest guys I know, man. I love you, <laughs> Phil. How are you, buddy? I love you. How you doing, bud? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great, man. Your, your sons look like they're doing really good, man. Isn't he, though? Yeah, your son lost so much weight. He looks great. And the other guy looks like he's happy and doing good. I'm proud of the boys, man. I'm always proud of the boys. Always glad to see you. You're a great father. You're a great role model, my friend. And uh, Jimmy uh, loved you. Jimmy Snooker loved you like a, like, like a brother, man. I know. Thank you so much. Yeah. And you're looking good, too. You dropped a couple of pounds. You look great. Like 20, 24 to 27, depending if, uh, you know, if I had a, a big meal, drank a big freaking glass of water, or t- took a dump, you know. I won't talk, I'm sorry, listen, Mike, sorry about the dumps. I know you're having trouble with that. Don't worry about it. The, pre- the preparation H is in the spackle bucket right on the side of your chair over there. Don't worry about it. Dan will be there with the rub it in. It'll burn just a little. But don't worry, you won't scream because we have that apparatus to put in your mouth. You'll be you Mike, Mike Messier, you're going to owe Andrew a lot after this show. You're going to owe him a lot, brother. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait to get sick again so I can get more help yeah, like this. Yeah, I know. Well, Phil, I, I tell you what, I wanted you here to surprise Andrew because, you know, we're good like that. We love doing this to people. Uh, Andrew, I don't know if you know this, but, but Phil did a whole show with us talking about our buddy Jimmy. Oh yeah, Phil, I don't know Phil, if you saw that show, but if you get a chance, uh, you definitely take a, a look at the uh, the show we did with Phil Larusso. It was a really great show, and we've in fact we're going to have Phil's coming back with us in a couple of weeks. Phil, um, the, the, the the good times and the bad times of Jimmy. So not a lot of people knew that side of Jimmy. You know, I mean, and Phil was there through it when a lot of us couldn't be, especially with me being on the road. And uh, I'd, I'd have calls to Carol, late night calls to Carol to see how he's doing and, you know, yeah. and texting back and forth. But Phil was there through everything. And, you know, it was it was tough yeah. on Phil. It was on me when Jimmy moved to Florida, you know, where he passed. And, um, but, you know, I mean, I was because uh, something that you don't know, Andrew, is that uh, I live five minutes from Phil. We're, we're literally five minutes apart right now. Oh, shit. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I, that's how close I was to Jimmy. Yeah, that's great. That's In fact, great. When I told Carol where I lived, she had no idea that I was like literally that close. I said, "Yeah, I was right up the street, basically." Wow, Phil, how did you and Andrew meet, brother? Andrew and I once had a discussion. I don't know if he'll remember this. We were 
actually up in my memorabilia room. Yeah. And we looked at each other and we said, like, our paths seemed to have crossed at some point, but neither one of us could remember. But we kind of solidified our meeting in 2012 in Amsterdam. You remember that, Andrew? Yeah. Um, at the Hall of Fame. Breakfast. Yeah. Breakfast, the, the, mm -hmm. the uh, morning after the Hall of Fame. And we just hit it off, and we've been close and in contact ever since. Wasn't Brutus with us that that breakfast? <laughs> oh, you had beefcake. You God bless you, Jesus. Harold, <laughs> Jimmy, and Phil, and I was with Brutus, and we were all sitting. And I think Stan Hansen was across from us, right? Uh, sounds sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Dan was 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 over us, and I kept I kept saying. I remember saying to you, Phil. Do you think Stan will larry at me if I steal some bacon off his plate? <laughs> <laughs> and every time, every time Stan would turn around, I'd start creeping over to the plate. And Bruce, Brutus would go, "Don't do it, bro. He's got a temper." <laughs> that was. I remember that night. I tell you, Phil, there was a funny story about that night. Um, Brutus and I went to the bar we got pretty freaking hammered that night really really hammered we did the show the night we did the show that night the night before that and uh, Friday night and then we went to the bar and we and we 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 had a really uh a really rough night at the bar and that morning i just remember walking downstairs to the hall of fame to the buffet to the breakfast buffet and Carol, Jimmy, and Phil were waiting for me at the table with Brutus. And we came down. Stan was there with his wife eating. And then I just remember walking as we were walking in, looking like, who did it and ran? And uh, <laughs> walks over to us and looks at me and goes, he looks over at me and me and Brutus and goes, Andrew, Edward, somebody had a rough, rough night last night. You two do definitely do not look the cat's extreme. And he walked away, and that was that was Bachwinkle. If you knew Bachwinkle, that was Bachwinkle. And he walked away. And mm -hmm. Bruce, Bruce looks at me and goes, "Oh fuck him! He don't know how to party." <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was funny fucking story. And then we 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 decided to eat our hangovers away. Phil was there with us, so and that was a good time. And me and Phil, me and you had some good conversations that night. My, I think my aunt was really ill at the time. Remember? I do. Yes. Yes. Yeah, my, I remember. My, one of my I've never how close you are to her. Yep, yep. So it was uh, it was tough. I, I had two aunts who raised me, and uh, and my first aunt Marissa was the one passing away. It was around two thousand thirteen or fourteen, right, bro? Right, right, Phil. Yeah, uh, if I remember. And yeah. then just past past July, it'll be a year mm. in in a few days that um that my uh my other aunt my aunt Anya died in uh. I was in Louisiana wrestling, and she was in a nursing home, and she passed away. But I took care yeah. of her. No regrets, bro. No regrets, guy. You know. So. But, well, I yeah. tell you what, I uh, I I so appreciate you, Phil, for doing this. Uh, you know, I always like to surprise. Uh, you know, our guest. Uh, you know, sometimes it's just a, a phone call from a friend. Sometimes it's just a a quick hi. Sometimes it's a uh, you know. <laughs> I thought I thought I thought Angela had my ex-wife calling up. Woo, that would have been a good one. Fuck. <laughs> you don't well, know. Well, Phil, uh, we're going to talk to you in a few days, brother. Right? Sounds good. 
Good. All right, my friend. Because uh, we got you coming on at what next week or the week after uh, something. Like that. I know we got you coming back on. Um, I have to, to check my book. I have to check it out. But no, uh, we got still coming. Definitely coming back on. All right, so, listen, I appreciate the invitation again, Angelo. And Andrew, stay yep. good, bro. Keep up. Love, love you, buddy. Keep the faith, love man. You too. Love you, too. You take care of yourself. Give my regards to your family, please. Yes, I will. Phil LaRusso, thank you, Phil. Take care, bro. Thank you. Bye-bye. Great guy. Great guy. So now I'm wondering if I'm going to be able to make it um, to uh, Texas again. It looks like I'm not going to be able to make it to uh, to SWE Fury tapings, a great promotion that I work for in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth, Plano, Texas, and Point Texas, yeah. and because uh, the COVID, it just it's it's screwing me it's up. Not going away. Well, I was just uh, just about to ask you, and I'm and I'll let Mike Messier pick up on that. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I know just from from me, you know, I've lost like four bookings already for. Uh, you know, different conventions uh, that I was booked to be at. Um, I can imagine you not only conventions that you're losing, but, you know, shows to wrestle on. It's, so, it's, said, like, you and Andrew talk about uh, what's going on. Andrew, um, you know, not only are you a wrestler, but you're an actor, and, and the film industry has been also drastically affected by this COVID-19, this horrible thing that's going around. And, um, but as a wrestler who was really an entrepreneur, an actor, a wrestler is an entrepreneur. And it's so counterintuitive to have social distancing at a live independent wrestling show when the whole idea is to pack as many people in as you can and have a great time and sell out an arena. So for these, these groups, basically the only two, WWE and AEW, that have the advantage of network deals in place. All the sponsorship in place and everything, all they have to do is um, basically supply programming, which may or may not be well received. For guys in a position like yourself, what what toll has this taken on your career? Your what career. things what things are you doing? I know you're getting some residual checks through acting and the acting union, which you've talked about in previous interviews, but just being a guy who likes to be active like you do, how is this affecting your life, your career, and, and what are you doing to cope? Well, my, I gotta tell you, my, my, my youngest daughter, who I live with, and she's starting to hate me more. And I get a lot of that, or I get a lot of that, shut up. Da, 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 da. So, but, um, but no, it's, it's really hard. I mean, I, I, I just try to, you know, a lot of my income is made from personal appearances as well as wrestling. So, you know, I was just talking to Brian Nobbs and Jerry Sags about it, the Nasty Boys, and we were on the phone the other day, talked to the both of them, two of my closest friends, I love them dearly, and Sags was saying, you know, the fucking selfie is, is out of the picture now. You're not taking yeah. it unless you're going to, unless the, you're wearing a beekeeper's outfit and the guy's wearing a hazmat suit, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. What do you do? What do you do? In a situation like that. Now, what are we going to do? Have sneeze guards, glass, plastic, plexiglass over the tables now? With a well, you know, Andrew, that's a, that's a really great, great segue because here's what's happened now. You know, here wrestling has never heretofore been affected by 
you know, the, the quote, the outside world, unquote. Now, you know, for the first time, I think ever, wrestling is, is having to deal with, you know, the reality, you know, this fake business, quote unquote, fake business has to now deal with the very real life reality of, you know, infectious disease and airborne illnesses and people literally, you know, fans unbeknownst who could get you sick, like really, really sick. Right. right. You know, to the point where, you know, I mean, I was, it's crazy. I was supposed to be, you know, for SWE Fury tapings on July 3rd and then for the global reunion uh, run by Alex Porto and Pro Wrestling 2.0 on the 5th. And uh, it didn't happen because uh, mm -hmm. lovely governors of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut have decided that all your personal information must be given to them upon arrival at the airport and departure at the airport. And therefore, um, they're in a pissing war with the governors of Florida, of California, <laughs> Texas, and yeah. um, we want to quarantine certain people. So. You know, it's not every state is doing that, but New York and New Jersey, Connecticut are doing it. I think Pennsylvania also. So now I would have been quarantined, stuck either at in the airport, would have missed the shows to begin with. Yeah. Or I definitely would have been quarantined on the way back home for 14 days with, with the penalty of a $2,000 fine. And a lot of people are arguing, saying they can't enforce that. Well, yes, they can. It's a, go it's a governor's mandate, which makes it a temporary law. And during yeah. that time can get hit with a $2,000 fine. I've seen people already do it. They do random, random checks on you to see if you're home. Now, all right, is it comparable to a communist or a socialist state? Yeah, it's kind of scary how we've fallen into this, this uh, uh, like cheap, uh, you know, and dominoes in a row, and all of a sudden now we have to comply, all right? I, am I all about wearing a mask? Yes, I'm willing to wear a mask, you know? Am I willing to get a vaccination? No, I'm not gonna get a vaccination, all right? I don't believe in it. I think that I think there's a lot more going on than meets the eye. And absolutely, I think you know. And and look, I'm, I I I was born a you know look, I was born a good Christian, you know, a, a Catholic kid. I was raised in Catholic schools, so you know, I, I I'm not exactly the best. Uh, I'm not I'm not exactly um, a Bible thumper, or, or I'm not one to preach. Because look, I had my own uh, my own. Uh, pitfalls and uh, my own uh, demons and whatever, so to speak. But and you'll read about that in my upcoming book, which is not, we'll talk about that later, guys. So sure. but in the meantime, you, I, I'm finding the, the, the close um, parallel lines between the book of Revelation and the Bible and what, what the hell is going on now. And I'm just thinking to myself, holy shit, you know what? I never thought of this stuff. I was always a big Iron Man. Man, six six six, the number of the beast, baby. Yeah. Well, Bruce well, Dickinson. People, you know what, Andrew? It's funny you say that because we had this conversation. We actually did a whole show on exactly what you're talking about, uh, and we're actually, and I've got a, a series of four more planned. Um, my guys are just now finding out about this. Surprise, fellas! <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Listen, it's, but, it, it, but it's, here's the deal. It's, it's so. Here's, here's the gist of it. Um, no, you're not far off. You're not far off the mark at all. But again, and I tell people, don't worry about it, because if you read the end of the book first, 
we win. So there's no need to read the rest of it. It's that simple. It's that simple. One way to look at it. It's the only way to look at it. It's really the only way to look at it. Read the end of the book first. We win. My uh, from my phone. I just got to get a charger. So if I kind of black sure. for a second, it's only because I'm looking for uh, Absolutely. Go ahead. my charger. Sure. Oh, I'll just, uh, I'll say this. Yeah. Go ahead, man. Hold uh, on. Well, uh, sure. We, we're still with you, Andrew. Yeah. While uh, Andrew's getting his uh, phone charged, just I'll just say well, that. A lot we'll, of people will do. Um, we'll do Mikey, and then we'll do Dan. Okay. Sure. I'm here. Well, okay. We'll, coming back. Take your time, buddy. Uh, just a lot of people have various viewpoints on uh, vaccinations, on uh, civil liberties when it comes to wearing masks, not wearing a mask. Some people say, it, if you notice, a lot of places that you go to, masks are recommended but not required. And I yeah. think there's a lot of places that legally, and look, I'm wearing the mask, but um, there's a lot of places that are probably not sure what to do because between the federal government and the state governments, people are kind of confused. We've never been through something like this before and we're four or five months into it and we still haven't figured it out. And, and everybody is still not on the same page. And I don't know if we ever will be on the same page. So while other countries are kind of getting over the hump, we're, we're kind of getting rehumped. You know, yeah. we're, 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 we're we're going back, and, and even California. Apparently, uh, a friend of mine just moved out of California to New York City because he he saw it coming that the sanctions in California are getting worse. So yeah. uh, now, when he goes, when he, talk about the individual, because I was really enjoying a lot of Andrew Anderson stuff tonight. And Andrew, if you could uh, correct me if you want, but were you being advised at one point? to kind of soft sell the the reinforcer nickname or or did that kind of come and go or is that still a topic you know what uh, for, for a while my, my agents told me drop the reinforcer my agents for the acting portion of my career they told me you have to drop the reinforcer we don't want you to use reinforcer so, so on my, in my can you hear me i'm getting an echo. i'm getting an echo on you mm -hmm. yeah yeah. Um, okay. They said to me, uh, we, we want you to not call yourself the reinforcer at, at like, like conventions and toy shows and, and uh, personal appearances that have nothing to do with wrestling. So I try to comply to that, but people would still come back and say, hey, it's the reinforcer. Hey, it's the reinforcer. You know, so it's kind of, it's kind of a, 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 a situation. It's gotten to be a situation. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, I, mean, it, I can't. Like, like, I'll always be known as the Skittles guy, you know? Right. Yeah. That's the fucking Skittles guy. Yeah. You know? So. Well, Andrew, how do you, how do you reconcile one career to the other if you're equally as known for both? You don't. You have to, there, there has to be a, well, I mean, but, but, the, but isn't there a happy medium? Dan, uh, help me yes. here. There's got to be a, a happy medium somewhere. You know, address that with Andrew. Where, where do you, where does the rubber meet the road here? I think Andrew, you're you're in a very similar situation that Dwayne Johnson was when he went in. A lot of studios didn't have the rights to call him the Rock, and but fans yeah, and newspapers, 
Um, you know, there was the big. You see that sometimes with naming rights on like stadiums where newspapers will call it a nickname, uh, and it's like, wait a minute, that's not the actual name of the stadium. That's not the name of the person. You have to kind of find the balance because, like Angelo was saying, you're you're known for both. Uh, there's yep. people that are going to recognize yeah. you for for your roles in television and movies, and people are going to recognize you for what you did in the ring. And you know, sometimes you just kind of. Like I hate to say, I hate to use the example, but like they did with Dwayne Johnson, just kind of studios just kind of give up on it. If a fan runs up to you at a at a oh, movie yeah, premiere they, or a toy fair and says, "Oh, Jesus, it's you know the reinforcer. I loved your match." Eh, well, I mean, you can't shoo him. Well, I mean, you can't take a selfie with him anymore. But you can't you can't really shoo him away either. It's out of it's out of it's out of my hands at that point. You know what I'm saying? I'm just exactly. yeah, yeah, sure. I, I, I'm yeah, Mike Angelo. I I'm not a WWE guy. I never wrestled in that 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 grand theater, as you want to call it. You know what I'm saying? And I admit it. And I'm not afraid to admit that I went ahead and I forged my own career. And I made a mark in the professional wrestling business. You know, Absolutely. just like the Metal Maniac did, Tokyo Monster has. And all of us, a lot of indie wrestlers now have become the new stars. Mm, you know? Yeah. Now, now, my career is not... I, I've never been the best wrestler on the planet. I've never been the greatest wrestler. I've been a brawler. I've been a, I wrestled when I was a lot younger. I wrestled a lot more... With uh, with doing spots and stuff, but you know, I I, I wrestled, you know, my career the way I I have gone through life. Yep. I, I I I learned to update myself with the times. You know, I there's I a difference. To... Here's the here's the difference though, and Dan and Mikey remember this conversation very well. We did an entire show one night where we talked about what can we learn today from the past. You said something important a few minutes ago, and, I, and it, I'm not going to let it go without addressing it. You don't have to be the greatest wrestler. Right. You don't have to be the best looking guy. You don't have to be built like Batista or look like Roman Reigns or have the Rock's charisma. Mm -hmm. You have to have one thing, a personality. That's what I made it on, you know. And the, 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 it's funny, Andrew, when I tell you the name that I brought up, you're going to pop for it because I had to smarten these two guys up as to who the hell I was talking about. Because they're kids, you know, they're young. <laughs> uh, a guy that I grew up watching and fearing because he just came across as larger than life and menacing was a all five foot nine inches all barrel chest of Bulldog Brower. Dick the Bulldog Brower. The man who used to get the goldfish from the freaking in, in, the, in the interviews. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> he was missing a few teeth. He was out of his freaking mind in the interviews, and I heard he was out of his mind in real life. But he was a character, and you don't have that. Listen to me. Thank you. That's the magic word. That's the word. One of the guys, one of the guys that I grew up watching and that I, I, to this day, I love his matches, a forgotten icon of the business, Killer Khan. If oh, you yeah. watch, he, he did yes. more than, he kicked and chopped and screamed. And when he chopped you, he did that, ah, ah, you know, and that's, and he sounded like a, like, like, like a, a, a baby screaming for its mother's tits, yes. you know, but it was hysterical. And but yeah. when you're a kid, you hear that screaming, you think he's killing the guy, you know. Killer sure. Khan was amazing, and the other one too. I remember as as a as a child, I remember being deathly afraid of Kamala. I remember watching them, and Jimmy Harris 
is one of the sweetest guys and one of my, my friends. I love Jimmy. Like, like, you know, I mean, there's another funny story I got to tell you and down the, in a little bit about, about Kamala. And, um, uh, so he was another guy who was extremely, extremely, extremely cat. He, he was, mm -hmm. but you know, but the one thing I got to say about Jimmy Harris was Kamala could wrestle. Right. Yeah. Kamala could take the big moves. He could move mm -hmm. for a big man. He took oh, the belly, yeah. bellies, belly to bellies from Magnum TA. He did everything. I mean, the guy was amazing. He was a really underrated wrestler. So, but you, ha and you have the guys now. Now, when I would, now I always said this, people who, people would, would, would say, oh, he's not that great of a wrestler when, when, when referring to me at times. He's a brawler. He's just a power wrestler. But then you go back and you watch the guys that I worked that really brought the best out of me. Guys like Crowbar, Chris Ford. Crowbar and I, we wrestled at the Jimmy Snooker. I think it was his 68th birthday bash that wow. they did at the, um, the, the Garden State, I think, Exhibit Center somewhere, in Rowden, New Jersey somewhere, or somewhere yeah, like the, that. The Garden I, State Art Center, yeah. Uh, it, and we had this amazing uh, show, and everybody was on it at the time. I mean, Deuce and Domino, Jimmy's son, and, and oh, yeah. Tom, Tom, man, you had Matt Bourne, you had Brutus, you had Nikolai. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, Rick Fuller, my what, what, my one my former tag team partner, big Rick Fuller. Mm -hmm. A lot of uh, it was just a phenomenal show. Um, oh, sure. You know, on it, um, God, uh, I can go on and on. It had a great cast. Mick Foley was on it. Um, but the one thing that Bill Apter came up to me at the end of the night and said to me, he goes, you and Crowbar stole the show. And, yeah. And it was from from around that time, that was around 2011. And, and, and during that time, I th I'd say I really peaked as a performer between 2005 and 2011 out of my 26 years to 2012. I'm not saying it's all downhill from there, you know, but, but I right. mean. Well, no, of course not. Hurts the body. Hurts I mean, Andrew, we can, we can look at the history. History is a great barometer, okay? I want you to think about something. Bruno San Martino was not a great wrestler. No, couldn't he could not wrestle scientifically. Uh, he had no interest in wrestling scientifically. He was a, a brawler, punch and kick. But what is he known for? Arm drags. Him he did a lot of hip tosses, arm drags. Right. I've seen I've seen matches where Bruno actually like would work more like a backland style when he had to. So when he had to. when he had to, you know, and and but, and, 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 and that's. that's if you watch Hulk Hogan and you watch Hulk Hogan's eight, 1980 matches from 1980 to 83 in Japan, mm -hmm. you watch his match with Antonio Naki, you watch his matches with, with guys like that, you see him teaming with guys that over here, they were saying were undercard guys like like uh, um, uh, uh, Iron Mike Sharp yeah. and uh, Rene Goulet and guys like that. They were Hogan's top-tier tag team partners, and they were working. Oh, yeah. And the moves that Hogan was doing was wrestling room. He was doing he was moving. He was wrestling. So yeah. I've always said that Hogan was a great wrestler. He just did not have to be a great wrestler. His his career and well, his charisma it's funny you say that we actually addressed that on the show, Dan what three weeks ago, two weeks ago? Yeah, a couple weeks ago we were talking about styles and in ring character. Because specifically Dan, remember Talking about Hogan, right. the way because he wrestled in Japan and the way he wrestled here. 
Right. That was, I, that was actually brought up. See, the, the reason I brought up, you know, Bruno as being a brawler, he basically was, yeah, he did some arm drags, hip tosses, that sort of stuff. Very sparing, very, very rare. But here's the thing. For a guy who couldn't really wrestle, he was one of the greatest champions of all time. Not because of his skill, because nope. of his personality. Okay, you could say the same thing for for any of the you know, the big names that you and I grew up watching. You know, I mean, the uh, Pedro, superstar Billy Graham. Although you know, superstar Graham was jacked up too, but not a not a, a terrific wrestler, just a big musclehead. He was a terrific personality. Yep. Nobody, that, that's where I'm going. Exactly. Rappers were rapping. Billy Graham was 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 talking the talk, walking the walk before Ric Flair was doing it. As a matter of fact, oh, Billy yeah. Graham's wife was the one who bleached Flair's hair. If you read Flair's book mm -hmm. and and Graham's book, I've I've actually heard him tell that story. Yes. Has Has, has Ric Flair read his own book yet? Does he know what's in there yet? <laughs> no, I don't think he does. <laughs> Go ahead, Dan. Well, you know, it's funny you you, you mentioned the 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 styles. You know your your uh, cage match, your title cage match with with Mo Sexy is still to this day regarded as one of, if not the best indie cage match of its generation. Period. And you guys, but no, and I mean this in, in the utmost respect of of the style. You guys didn't go in there and put on a a you know Antonio Inoki classic of technical wrestling. You just beat the shit out of each other, and the oh, crowd did. every right. punch, kick. Uh, Arm drag, hip toss, push into the ropes, clothesline, everything you guys did, the crowd was just eating up because you you had that, you told the story. And that goes to, to something we talked about before with, you know, the, you talk about the character and the realism. And I was kind of hoping you could expand on that. When, when you have a, a, a match like that where it's basically we're going to go out and we're going to brawl, we're going to strike, we're just going to beat the piss out of each other, how much of that – goes into the pre-work and how much of that is let's well, play the crowd and and we'll we'll call it in the ring as things we'll see what works and what doesn't first of all i want to say most sexy mario baccara is one of the greatest wrestlers that has never caught a break in this business he to me he was another guy who brought the best out. and i gotta say this remember us going into that and we were sitting in the back and sergeant slaughter was there and sergeant slaughter you know i just i just I, I knew Sarge, but I didn't know him that well. And I just sat there and I said to I said to, to Mo, I said, for the I said, what do you want to do? And he said, for the first um for the first let's start off with just just not even touching the cage for the first five minutes. So we did everything without us touching the cage, just push, 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 did a few things in the beginning, and then eventually he said, just then just pick me up, press me over your head, and just throw me into the sidewall of the cage. I just remember doing that, and I started doing that, and I did that a few times. Pressed him, threw him into the cage a few times. So we did that, and we escalated. And then we would work our way up. We'd work our way up to using the, the side of the cage, then using the top rope. I missed with the senton. He did the flare dump on me. Mm -hmm. um, he did a close on a drop kick off the cage. I climbed to the top rope, and he German suplexed me off the top rope while I was holding the top of the cage. We did a lot of moves that nobody else was doing at the time. Um, mm -hmm. I, I got up, 
Um, of, he did the frog splash on me after the finish. And, that, of course, it was always my – everybody was always screaming that why would 295 pounds do a senton off the top of the cage? And I did it. And I did yeah. – like, you know what? I always say that was one of the hardest bumps I took. But I wound up doing that bump – I probably must have done it about 40 to 50 times in my career. I had a lot of cage matches. I just remember Jim yeah. Ross saying <laughs> – Yeah. saying – saying in his only, – only Jim Ross could say it. Man, he said to me, he goes, he said, I said, Jim, I said, I said, JR, I said, I'm, I'm nervous about getting my, my award at the CAC. And he said, he said, what do you got to be nervous about? He goes, go in there, do what you got to do, take it home. He goes, that's it. You know the finish? Take it mm -hmm. home. And I got up there. He said that he, he talked about me and him talking about the award ceremony and then um, about, about how I was nervous to get the award and what, what, what I should do. And he basically said, the same thing that me and me and Mo Sexy said. We're gonna do what mm -hmm. we gotta do. You know, do what we gotta do. And then so the only thing I was really concerned about during the cage match was <laughs> and, and with every cage match was is the cage gonna hold me when I get up top? Am I gonna slip and fall and look like an idiot? Which I never did, thank God, you know. Um yeah. and, and the other thing was I always wanted the finish to go up great because the finishes were always some kind of screw job finishes. Because yeah. I was always the ultimate heel. You know, and um, there was another match where I did the cage match with Johnny Thunder at the at, at a a show in um, in uh, uh, Montclair State University, and right. I did the on that one. And I just remember Johnny rolling in as I was already taken off, and he was rolling in because he was so dead set against me flying off the top cage. At him and he <laughs> he went in like about yeah. Four seconds too quick, you know, and I was coming down. I was like, oh, you fucking move, you know. But it, the match was it was phenomenal too. That was another good match. That was. Hey, and you, I have another surprise for you. Oh boy, we have a friend of yours joined in the call tonight. Mystery guest, tell Andrew who you are. Uh, I don't hear anything yet. It's the Midnight Rider. The Midnight Rider. <laughs> Mystery guest, are you here? Uh, Where'd he go? I see the connection. Did he connect with you yet? It's it's Brad Armstrong and Tommy Rich's Mr. Armstrong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess he's not there. Okay, maybe, was just maybe, a moment ago. Maybe he'll come back. So, Dan, i got to tell you a funny story. You're going to appreciate it. So I'm at the CAC, and I'm giving my speech. And then I say up there, well, I'm up the speech. Sarge comes up to me and says to me, he goes, he goes kid, i got to tell you, I've been, I've been in a lot of cage matches in my life. And he said, you and, and, uh, and Mo did one of the greatest cage matches that I've ever seen. And I took that to heart. And then I said, when I, said, when I, was, when I was on the on the podium, looking down, Sarge, everybody's there. Jerry Briscoe, Brodus Clay, Barb and Warlord, uh, Barb and uh, Haku. You know, I love Haku and Barb uh, family. So I'm up there, and, and, and I'm looking down, and I say, I go, and Sarge said I had, what gave me one of the best kudos in my career, and said I, I had probably one of the greatest cage matches he ever seen on the on the independent circuit, as well as the, the any circuit, he said. And I said, I, I got a feeling he was blowing smoke on my ass. Sarge looks at him and he goes, I sure was. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, gee, thanks. Now you tell me while I'm on stage, you know, but it was, it was, it was really, it was really great. And, um, I, I
appreciate the kind words you're saying that for me, man. You know, if anything, I, I've always thought that the legacy, I always said I left the legacy in blood, you know? Mm, yeah. And, you know, that, I left the legacy mm. in blood and, uh, it was, it was always, um, it was, it was, it was tough at times being away and doing all these, all these indie shows and driving around the country and, Sometimes you get from point A to point B, and it's and, and you have a great match. Other times the fans are not, are, or you got smart marks that that are yeah. Oh yeah, right. I love Keep that term, by the way, smart mark. Because I love that. <laughs> and at the time, I remember there was a point in two thousand to two thousand and four where no matter where the hell I went, they booed the shit out of me. You suck, this and that. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself. What the fuck am I doing different than any of these other guys? You know why? Because had I left New Jersey. Mind. That was the problem. It was it was the, the whole East Coast. It yeah. Coast. It was like, what the fuck am I doing than anybody else? You know that I realized. No. I'm starting off with a fucking lockup where I'm blindsiding the guy. I'm raking him through the ropes. I'm doing I'm doing old school shit, and that's yeah. what it was. But then old school became a fad. Everybody wanted to see it again, and mm-hmm. and I think now, I think now more than ever, they want to see old school shit, you know, and and that's why a company like Brian Knobs's Pro uh, Legends of Professional Wrestling mm-hmm. brings back a lot of the old timers and stuff like that. I think that that's why they thrive and they draw 10,000, 15,000 people in Detroit and in in uh, at 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 uh, at City Field. He drew 10,000, 10,000 some odd people in City Field. He had uh, uh, Goldberg, uh, Scott Steiner versus um, um, who's Scott Steiner, uh, RVD versus Scott Steiner, and Goldberg mm-hmm, right. and speared, uh, speared Scotty. And, and, that, and then mm-hmm. the Aces came out, and, and that was a great show. And me and, me and uh, uh, Greg and uh, um, uh, who else was there? Me, Greg, and uh, Flex, Wheeler, Flex uh, Armstrong did the. Um, the opening match, the opening opening tag team match on it, it was a great right. time. I think I think, a, I think a lot of it has to do with people want to see a resurgence of what they grew up on. And Thank you. Oh my God, does that sound familiar? Is, is Papa Bear's words coming back here? The simple psychology of of what people go to see wrestling for. I Thank think- you, Mikey. I think it somehow got lost, and look, you know, Shawn Michaels was a great wrestler, but then the Young Bucks trying to do, hey, Shawn Michaels did one super kick a match, now these two guys, the Young Bucks, as enthusiastic as they are, and they're good businessmen too, but for them to do 30 super kicks a match, it's a, it's a little, it's 29 too many super kicks. Right. I oh, mean, I, I, agree, I agree, I agree, and it's, I think, you know, it's, I think it's there's there's definitely a generation gap, all right. You know, there's always going to be a generation gap in no matter what what you do and no matter what kind of business you're in. It's always yeah. going to be something. It's always going to be something different. The styles change. You have to update your styles with certain certain things. But you know, the one thing I got to say, and this is another thing, and you're gonna uh, if you just if you agree with me on this, strong style wrestling. These kids now, I see them, and I, and, and I love them. They're all, listen, they're better athletes than we ever were, but they're doing what they call strong style wrestling. And strong style wrestling is, is it's always been around. You've been wrestling a little snug, but some of these kids are just killing themselves. And you know what? Back then. Uh, you know what, Andrew? I, I made I've little, said you know, this before. Honestly, I'm, I, first of all, thank you, thank you, thank you for bringing this up and I have talked 
till I was blue in the face ad nauseum. I love this term strong style. And you're absolutely right, Andrew. The athletes today are far better athletes yep. than the guys of our day. But here's the difference. You don't have to be an athlete to work. They don't know how to work. Yeah, That's the difference. They don't know how to work. A lot of them no. don't know how to work. The do know how to work are, are, are just spectacular when they know they're athletes and they can work and you know, not everybody can be Cody Rhodes. You know what I'm saying? Not everyone can be Nick Aldis. You know, those guys can work. Nick Aldis is Thank amazing. You. And I think he's one of the greatest uh, NWA champions I've seen yeah. in a long time. You know, and, and I just think he's, mm -hmm. he's a, he is just amazing. And uh, James Storm, those guys can work. So you, I, I watch the NWA and a lot of people say, okay, the NWA was hokey, this and that. It's, it's getting hokey with the, the whole product now. I, I think it's great. It. I love it. I love, I love it. it. No, I mean, I mean, look, I was a, a franchise owner in the NWA with NWA Big Apple, and I tried to bring back my shows. My shows were stacked, and they had they had wrestlers that looked like wrestlers worked the old school pace. You had occasionally you had a couple of guys that had a few high spots, but for the most part, you worked the old school pace, and everybody came out looked like a fucking wrestler. When you they walked through the, you saw me versus. Apollo, big Apollo, El, uh, El Leon Apollo, guy six foot yeah. five, jacked to the gills, looked like a monster. I had the the Samoans on it. I had uh, um, Alpha and Lloyd on it. You know, um, um, the 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 sons of Samoa. You know, I mean, had yeah. had Huawei and 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 uh, it was just it was just to me it was great. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was mm -hmm. I loved I loved what I had. I wish I could have ran with it a little more. I wish I could I I would be able to contribute more to Billy Corgan's product. That would be great. Um, you know, I mean, freaking my buddy Rick from Alabama keeps blowing up my phone with texts. I don't know why. Right. But, uh, I, a, I don't know do, why. He's just put the do not that. disturb on. I don't know. That it's was, a serious <laughs> business. <laughs> I just keep I just keep clocking him out. So I, I guess I could do it through there. Yeah, maybe there. This, this Andrew, I, I have a uh, I have a surprise for you, Andrew. Okay, who's that? <laughs> Surprise! Who is that? Let me see. I can't see you, so you gotta get, get in the middle of the thing. He probably doesn't recognize me. I don't recognize you. So, do you remember in November when we we're at the uh, signing with uh, what's his name up in Pennsylvania, Allentown? Uh, Knobs. Oh, oh, um, 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 Animal. I was there with Animal. Yes, you were there. That's right. You were there with Roadway Animal. Okay. What's going on, buddy? How are you, sir? I'm good, bud. I'm good. I just got Joe. I got Joe that booking up in uh, for Southwest Wrestling Entertainment um, uh, in Texas uh, uh, a few weeks ago for July 2nd that weekend, July 3rd. So. Yeah. So we brought Dave in here to, to, to surprise you. And. Uh, well, yeah, I just uh, Bud Carson's Bud Carson's final thing, right? The last thing he did before the before the COVID thing. That was in November. Yeah, I remember that. That was that was a great time. Yeah, Butch Reed and uh, and and Ron were there, and uh, all the everybody was there. It was a good time. Yeah. So, how you doing, David? I'm good, Angelo. How are you? I'm wonderful. We were just talking about my favorite subject: wrestlers that look like wrestlers. 
Wait, what? Why would you call me for that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't call you for that. Well, I called you for talk- something else. We're going to talk at like 35. <laughs> say, say that I, I missed it, Dan. What did he say? I, I missed that. I didn't, I didn't hear it. Dave, you got to speak a little slower. We got a couple of uh, old timers on the show. Remember? I'm old. I'm sorry. I couldn't hear. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, all I heard was dinosaur. That was. <laughs> I said, "Call me early." Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, no, I wanted to bring in because we're going to talk about what you got going on at the end of the show. Um. But um, I wanted to um, I wanted to bring you in because I know that you and Andrew uh, at least worked together and knew each other at some point. Worked each other. We've been on a couple of the same shows with when okay. I came up. That was it. Okay. I remember him from the signing out up. That was Bud Carson's, right? Uh yeah. But I also met you before working for Rob Fury way back in like 2013. Oh, really? Cool. Very cool. I, I remember, was that the, the one when, uh, was it Tony Atlas and uh, 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 Doink? Um, yeah. And yeah, I remember that one. That was a pretty good building. That was a good show. I wrestled, I wrestled Greg on that, I think. Yep. So, Andrew, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about that, pursue that line of questioning. Um, wrestlers that look like wrestlers. Dan... You know, yes. you, you've heard me ad nauseum every week talk about what happened to, what happened to my wrestling. Right. Absolutely. Okay. I'm not going to bitch anymore about what happened to my wrestling. I'll I'll turn it over to you. I, I think and it's, maybe it's you can tell me how to get it back. I think it's interesting and, and, and Andrew, you, you can agree with me on this one or tell me I'm 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 off. You look at, at the different generations of wrestling. You mentioned how you got to evolve a little bit with the times. When you had you know this this huge boom in the eighties, and and be it the AWA, NWA, you know the, the or the pre WrestleMania era, then the WrestleMania era, you know those fans still loved wrestling from the seventies. Yep. And then it, it, even as you turned into Crockett. And Crockett became early WCW, and WWF had the they called the new generation. Those fans like loved wrestling from the '80s, and the Attitude Era fans and the NWO fans loved the '80s and '90s wrestling, and early to mid 2000s with your Eddie Guerrero's and your Chris Benoit's, and you know, those fans enjoyed wrestling from the '90s and before. But the fans today look at 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 older wrestling, and it's like, oh, that's that's crap. We can change the system. I can't picture the young bucks exactly. watching a Bruno San Martino match and going, that's what wrestling should look like. They the, the the These guys transition to a stunt show. They're dancers. They're performers. And what they end up doing is they look like kids who pretend to be wrestlers. And it's not wrestling. It's clearly very obviously these guys that are i don't want to say pretending to be wrestlers but they're trained to be a character the young bucks are the young bucks and that's it that's all they can do you had yeah. guys from your generation and before the, you could put them in the ring with somebody like uh, a, a giant's giant's haystacks or put them in the ring with you know bam bam bigelow or put them in the ring with a smaller guy like you mentioned like a like a daniel bryan and you get a good match out of all of them you put 
the young bucks in 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 a, in, a, in the ring with the giant haystacks or uh, somebody like like a, a Fred Ottman, and they're not going to get they're not going to get that kind of match. They're they're they don't know how to work with everybody. They work a specific same five to ten minute right. match. They play a character. They know how to cut one specific promo, and that's it. You take them out of the comfort zone, and it's gone. The wrestling side has made has gone over to this transition of the performer, the stunt show, you know, you mentioned, uh, guys taking risks. I mean, I've seen matches, uh, a power bomb off the top rope through a, a table full of light bulbs is not the finish yeah. or, you know, like, like Mike mentioned 20 super kicks and, and, you know, moves 30. like the, moves like the DDT and the super, that used to, they used to be the, the, these, these defining moments. I'm sorry, Andrew, go ahead. No, the, the, the moves like the DDT and, the spine buster and 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 uh, the brain buster and and uh, a pile driver, they're kickout moves now. They're change, not even changing heat spots. Exactly. Right. You know, exactly. they used to be finishers. I, you I, know. I, and and Dan, what 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 I think it comes down to, it's a lost art. It's a lost art. It's what 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 I do. What Jimmy Snooker taught me when I when I locked up somebody. I barely felt it. And Jimmy told me a long time ago that he said, when the guy locks up with you and you feel the collar and elbow and you feel the, the pressure on the collar and the pressure on the elbow and he's shaking a little bit, you know which way it's going. You know what I'm saying? Now, now Andrew, I want to tell you what, brother, right there. And my guys will tell you the last time, in fact, when I had Carol here, um, I had Jimmy in the ring. In, uh, in Atlantic City, 2001, at the Sands Casino. And I put him in there with a guy who was his first time in with a name wrestler. A young guy named Breaker Morant at the time. Okay? And he, he gave me the greatest compliment. Actually, he gave Jimmy the greatest compliment. He said, oh, Angelo, thank you so much for... For you know, for letting me work Superfly, he said he worked like a feather. And if you know anything about wrestling lingo, that's the greatest compliment in the world. Yeah. It means he works light, he works smooth. Well, that's why guys like Jimmy. I mean, look, Jimmy and 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 even Greg Valentine and Kevin Sullivan. They they still occasionally get in a the ring. Their their careers lasted that fucking long because yeah. they Kirk. Correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew. Didn't you just have a match about a year or so ago with Tito Santana? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's you talk about guys that have been working smooth for 30, 40, you know, 30 plus years. He can still go. Yeah. He'll go. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, look, I mean, I mean, I've I've worked I worked everybody pretty much, and and at, at, at Tony Atlas still goes. I was shocked. Tony Atlas still bump. You know, I mean right. he still yeah. bump. I'm like, I'm like Tony. And he's like, he's like, Drew, just do what you got to do in there, you know? And, uh, and just make sure the that thing, the, you know, the female they, ballet gets her feet on his face. That's all he wants to know. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, here's the thing, though. They can still go because they knew how to work. They knew they, how to work. They, they didn't they, punish their bodies. Don't get me wrong. Every bump you take is takes its toll on your body. You know, well, although we... Yes, but say, but if you... But, but, Andrew, by the same token, yeah, you're absolutely right. Every bump takes its toll. But by the same token, if you're taking bumps 
And then you're going through light bulbs and ladders and, you know, and chandeliers and beds of, of nails on top of taking bumps. Yeah. Chances are you're going to have a real short career. Listen, there's a place for everything and, and, and everything has its niche. And I'm not knocking any of the hardcore crazy stuff and light bulbs, stuff like that. Cause I am. I don't like it. I don't. It's not my cup of tea. I mean, they want to do it more power to them. They could sell tickets for it. That's yeah. great. But it's not something I do or I condone doing. Um, Here's the thing. You, and you said something really important. Let me just tell you one thing. Out of everything I did in my career, the only thing that I always say to this day took a, no, a significant number of years off my career was when I did the TV show Gotham. Yeah. My character had to be was one of the my my group of guys the the gotham demons were some of the first characters killed off by catwoman so and and in her in in her inception and her birth as catwoman well my character wound up surviving the scene and i'll tell you why i did about 40 bumps with nothing but a leather jacket and elbow underneath the leather biker jacket was i had elbow pads i didn't even have knee pads i took about 40 bumps on concrete they couldn't put any padding down there because they wanted it to look like a, a inside of a, a garage. And uh, I took about 40 bumps on the concrete. Back bumps. Yeah. And one after the next. Shoot. Wh the whip pulls the gun out of my hand. Bump. Then boom. Um, they, Selena shoots me. Well, the, the, the best part was that I did two takes in the middle of all that where I take a shot and land off the side of an old 57 and Chevy and slide down and die that was one of the ones they used you know two takes and yeah. they used the ones where I'm getting shot my feet splint, thrown up in the air landed on my back and then they, then we'd have to reshoot the scenes where I'm running first of all I, I was I always said that that took so much so much off off my body I mean that, yeah. that I was I was grandfathered into the stuntman union because of that but still because they had nobody to do my stunts they sure at that time you know so uh, for that episode. absolutely but well that that kind of segues uh, into a couple of things i want to i want to go in one direction and then uh because you and mike messier are both uh, from the world of uh, film and television i've got a question for you but you talked about jimmy breaking you in and teaching you and you had some great teachers where are all the great teachers now? Who are the great teachers that we still have well, I, I, that, that are still around? I think that, that um, Mr. Italy, Gino Caruso from East Coast Pro Wrestling, he's still a great teacher. He's a great, he's a great teacher, and he, was, uh, you know, he, he knows what he's doing up there. He's very, very, very yeah. great. Can I tell you something about Gino? Yeah. I called Gino today to have him call in and surprise you. Uh huh. I never got back to me, the bastard. <laughs> How's that for a surprise? I know Gino. I know Gino Caruso very well. Ben, uh, ben, yeah, I'm trying to get him to trying to get Gino to call you in today tonight. You still have uh, yeah, call him up for a barbecue. It'll be at my door in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> with, a, with a bottle of red wine, though that Swilly calls wine, and you know, so, yeah, right. Exactly. But uh, no, no, seriously. Um, Gino is one of the great, great teachers still out there. Um, yes. um, uh, I know that uh, a lot of kudos uh, go out to uh, to uh, Alpha Senior and and Samu, who still teaches people at WXW and uh, I guess in, in Pennsylvania and Hazleton. Yeah, pops, sure. Uh, pops. 
in Florida, and Sika still teaches people in Florida. I know that. Um, you have um, a bunch of uh, trainers out there, wrestling schools out there right now. I know you have Danny Cage at the Monster Factory. Always, always, you know, he's had yeah. some Louis Martinez and QT Marshall cool. the business. Um, there's this, there's a lot of lot of wrestling schools out there that that are that are out there. I mean, I can't say I can't say who's a bad trainer and who's not. A, and I, I, I but I, I I know that there's a lot of really good trainers out there. You know. Yeah, so, we've actually had uh, Danny. Danny was actually scheduled to be on the show. Remember that uh, Dan? We had uh, mm -hmm. the Monster Factory scheduled to be here, but one thing led to another, and he ended up uh, having to cancel out uh, because he overbooked. Um, but now, here's my second question. This is for you uh, and Mike Messier. Since you're both in, in television and film, where the hell did all of our great wrestling movies go? Why aren't, why is it Hollywood or independent filmmakers or somebody with a man with a camera not making plug Mike Messier. Thanks, um, why you're, you're quite welcome, Mike. I'll take care of you. Um, that's by the way, Andrew. That's the name of his company. It's called Man with a Camera. Um, man with camera films. Yep. Man and camera films. Um, where are all the wrestling movies? Why is it somebody hasn't come along and made a really good fact-based wrestling movie? What well, drama? drama I don't care. Some uh, good movie. Making with uh with uh what's his name uh um uh Chris Hemsworth is portraying Hogan on a a a, a biopic on Hogan. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's gonna be a major motion picture or something for Netflix, but I know they're doing it. Yeah, you know what, Andrew? And I heard that, but I don't put a lot of stock in it because uh, Terry is the executive producer. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So it's it's not. <laughs> He run down yeah. the middle, and be told down the middle. It'll be a uh, a little biased. So it's, it's a a little, yeah, it'll be a yeah, fluff a piece. It'll be a fluff piece. But uh, you know, I mean, I I, I do the documentary behind the ropes, and and that you know, I'm still trying to get that that finished because um, uh, I have a lot of great footage and, and uh, a lot of great people and a lot of great uh, wrestlers that are no longer with us were in that with me, and uh, mm. you know, I'd like to see that see the light of day and continue maybe now seven years later we're still behind the ropes now you know let's see what what happens but well i've been talking to matt adams the cameraman about who, who are the principal photographer to see about redoing it and uh, not redoing but shooting more footage and actually making something cohesive from the then and now sort of perspective i mean that was one of the greatest things when you see me and merciless ray mercer going back and forth uh talking about the brotherhood of, of the ring but whether it's MMA, yeah. boxing, and then I say, I say, uh, uh, I forgot what I said. I said something like, like if you don't like it, you can shut up. And I go, it's going fuck you. And then he goes, yeah, fuck you. And he turns around, he punches, goes to punch the cameraman, really hits the lens, knocks it at the cameraman's eye. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the best scenes ever. And if you look at it, I'm gonna I'll repost the trailer on my 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 uh my Facebook page. You can I love check it. it out. It's, it's included in the, the the ten minute teaser. It's pretty amazing. And uh, I I I actually I actually take out the tooth of the Jaws shark, Bruce. The the yeah. part of the mechanical thing I actually got stuck yeah. in it. 
pulled out one of its teeth and the owner of it started to curse me out. You know, some funny, a lot of funny stuff in there that you really can't, you know. There, there seems to be no shortage of, of wrestling documentaries, but, you know, I haven't seen a really, I mean, aside from in recent years, The Wrestler, and also, way, way back, another film of the same name, The Wrestler, of all people with Ed Asner and uh, Vern Gagne, Billy Robinson, great wrestlers of the day, yeah, great piece, great, nobody, great film. Nobody can take my dropkick. Yep. You know, and... Uh, 50 days. And, yeah, and and but here's the thing, though. There's there's like I said, there's no shortage of documentaries, but where are the good movies at? Where are the good wrestling movies at? And I think the last time I saw a good wrestling movie was uh, Mr. T and uh, the A Team with Hulk Hogan versus Greg Valentine in it. That's the last right. time I can remember. If, if I could jump in, I mean, it probably was the wrestler that that Andrew was in. As a as a trainer, now I think what 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 Angela was getting at is the difference between documentary and narrative filmmaking. And uh, Wrestler was a great film, Mikey. Yeah, and we should point out that you know our friend you know Evan Ginsberg was uh, was one of the producers. Um, great guy, you know Darren Aronofsky, of course. Uh, I believe directed that film. He did. Yeah. Um, great guy, great friend. Yeah, and 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 that film was was shot basically on a shoestring budget all over New Jersey, uh, you know, around the, the Philadelphia, South Jersey, and New York area, basically on a you know a pocket change budget, and ended up winning Academy Awards. Well, well, and Academy Award won a Golden Globe. Oh, I'm sorry. You're an Andrew. I thought it. I thought it won for. I thought it won an Oscar for screenplay. I could be wrong, but gotten some of the screenplay. I, I know it won a Golden Globe. I, I'll tell you what. I think it would have gotten um, a Best Picture or, or Best Actor award. Mickey Rourke might have gotten it, but I think part of it, what what happened, I, <laughs> Mickey was kind of. Uh, it was off the when he got the Golden Globe award, he went off a little bit, and he was a little out there with his speech, and he was criticizing and and, uh, and whittling down people on stuff, and I think that pissed a lot of people off in the uh, Academy in the Academy. Yeah, well, I was, uh, yeah, you know, well, Andrew, there was a lot of uh, a lot of talk at the time that you know that this might have been Mickey's first Oscar in well almost twenty years, right? I, I don't even know if he got an Oscar. I don't think he ever got one before that. Oh, got, really? No, he was nominated, I think, for something. Oh, was, was, he, was he nominated for Angel Heart? I don't know. I think it was, uh, yeah, he, he was, I know or, he would have got Or something. was it, uh, or, I'm sorry, was it um, the, uh, a Pope of Greenwich Village? Mikey? I, I, I mean, I, I look, I don't know. I mean, I, I would rather talk about Andrew Anderson than Mickey Rourke because Andrew is the well, guest I'm here. A question. I, I don't know the answer to the question. I don't oh, know yeah, what Mickey Rourke said. Okay. Uh, so here's, no, no. here's, here's the, the, the other question you asked, Angelo, was where is the good narrative films? And as An uh, Angelo knows, I have two scripts, and Angelo's read one of them. Uh, the American Luchador Dream of Lobo Fuego script. Great script. Thank you. And the other one that I think uh, Andrew here would pretty be pretty be uh, interested in would be uh, Wrestling with Sanity. 
And, uh, you know, to answer the question, I think the reason, Angelo, is that wrestling is such a unique thing on its own. And wrestling fans, for the most part, with the addition of podcasts in the last 10 or 15 years or 10 years at least, wrestling fans like wrestling. It's hard, in my opinion, for wrestling fans to say, okay, we know you've got all, you know, 20 hours of free wrestling on a week. The WWE Network for 10 bucks a month. YouTube's full of wrestling. But now you have to go and pay $15 to see this wrestling movie. I think that's a hard sell. I think they would do it. I think if it's done right, a drama about wrestling, I think it would actually do good. I think if it's done right. But it's Thank the question you, is, exactly. what angle do you go? Do you go, you know, you could do what, I don't know, if, does anybody remember an old TV TV series called uh, um, Learning the Ropes with Lyle Alzano? Yeah, yeah, and then Arn Anderson, Arn, Arn Anderson and Steve Williams played yep. the wrestler with the hood on to play his yep. part. Yeah. yeah. That was a that was a that was a great show. I think I think they could bring something like that back. I mean, I mean, mm -hmm. but in, in in instead of in a sitcom form, maybe in an actual film. You know, I mean, they they just started doing yeah. something with show that he's a a father and a former wrestler and a TV series like that. I mean, you, right. how many angles you can approach it from? I, oh my God! Sure. If I may, uh, one of you the things that that the wrestler did so well is it presented the real story of wrestling whereas there have been movies that you know i mean there's there was a a, a, cro a cross video between like the wwe and scooby-doo there was a comedy movie with a uh, couple of different wrestlers in it i know the, the like the children wrestling and the dog wrestling and there's been you know the, but but most movies that have come out in the last i maybe 10 15 years that have had wrestling have presented it as as real, you know, we're we got to win this match. You know, we got to win this match to raise the money to save the orphanage. Mm -hmm. We got to win. You know, it's it was never presented like it was booked. Whereas with the wrestler, when he's backstage and he's talking, and they have the bit with the where he blades, and yeah. you know that he he's interacting. Mean, you, you know, Andrew, you know, the scenes in the locker room were the heart and soul of that movie. Yeah, and you if you were to present wrestling like that that sells even to a non-wrestling audience. I, you don't yeah. make the kind of money that movie did just on wrestling fans. No, no. You, you yeah. show a, a darker side to it, of the reality of wrestling. You're, talk, you're talking, you know, the, the, what wrestling was really, the real, the real story of, pro, of a pro wrestler. His right. life, yeah. what he goes through, the trials and tribulations, and what he leads up from, from his career highlights to his career lows. Right. How he come back and then downfall again. That's what the wrestler was about. And that's what I think uh, if they made another movie, something similar in that vein, you know, not, you know, I think that would do well. I think it would do well, you know, I mean, yeah. look, we talking about doing a wrestler reunion. We were supposed to do something um, for the 10th anniversary in uh, 2018, you know, the wrestler, you know, but it, it, it never fell through. I think it was something Mickey Rourke wanted like, like $60,000 to show up for the thing. Jeez. So, it was like everybody and their mother are trying to get me to get Mickey for something. And every time I, I get a hold of him, it's something so, like, outrageous, you know? I mean, uh, it's just, you know, there's only so much you can do. But I, I think, yes, another movie. Yes, Mike, send me a script if you want to send oh, well, me happy to. Then you thanks, know? Angelo, for setting that up and putting it over. Get funding for it. Yeah, well, it's a great piece, and I'm not... I'm not just, you know, uh, uh, fluffing Mikey over here. That's uh, the truth. Uh, American Luchador is a great piece. And I told Mikey, I read it, you know, it took me two days to read it. 
And about two and a half days, and I said, don't fucking touch it. Don't touch it. And thankfully, he, he didn't touch it, and it's a great piece. I love the way it reads. I'm, I love the way it looks in my head, how I, how I see it as a movie. I love the way it plays out. And, uh, and Andrew, yeah, if you can, uh, if you can make some headway, you know, make some waves with that one and, you know, among your, you know, among your, your Hollywood connections. Yeah, for sure. I'm working on a film with AJ McGuire right now. We're trying to pull something out. We, we've just been working on something, um, working on a script and bringing it. It's, it's been doctored a few times and, you know, it's been rewrote and, uh, we're, we're hoping something comes through with that. It's, it's not about wrestling, but it's 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 got retired wrestlers in it. Yeah, know? JJ. In the interest of full disclosure, JJ uh, did give me the uh, the Iggy on that one. I got the heads up on that. Yeah. Um, JJ is uh, has actually wants to include me in on that as a a, a part of the film. Um, yeah. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jinx that by by telling anybody what it's about. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, Andrew, if you can uh, if you can get with Mikey, I'll tell you what, uh, he's got a couple really great pieces there. That's one thing I'll say about Mike Messi. He's a pain in the ass, but he's a great fucking writer. <laughs> well, that's that's, that's going to be on my uh, gravestone, and I'll let <laughs> you sign it. <laughs> I just plugged my phone back in the charger again. I moved my Hey, Hope, can I get that chair, please? So... I just got to put my phone back I'll, in the I'll, I'll say something while Andrew's plugging in a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm done. I'm yeah, I've, I've, I've noticed that Dan is wearing that Washington Redskins hat, and I, I, we, we want to concentrate on Andrew Anderson, but it, it, it is a sign of the times that things are changing. Uh, the Redskins has, has been changing their logo and stuff. What do they, and what do they call themselves? We, we, we don't have a name chosen yet. The people are pushing for either Warriors or Red Tails, which is a reference to the Tuskegee Airmen. Uh, those are the two choices that most people are pushing for, but that's from the fans. That's not from Dan Snyder. And by the way, I grew up a Redskins fan, and and to be honest, Dan Snyder taking over the team was one of the worst things that ever happened to that franchise. Yeah, I think, I think, I think people got to lighten up and you know chill out with everything. I mean, the political yeah. direction has gone a little too far. You know, the tearing down statues. Somebody cut up a, an American flag. Um, somebody a few houses away from me a couple of yeah. days ago last night, and uh, I saw it, and I, I I made a post, and I, I pissed some people off, but I said, you know what? If I catch the guy who's doing that, I'm gonna stick that flag up his ass and pull it out of his mouth, and I'll I'll give Vlad the jailer a run, you know? I yeah, mean, that's, yeah, just the way exactly. I feel. that's just the way I feel. Hey guys, I, I just want to real quick, I'd be, I'd be amiss if I didn't plug um, a company that I'm working for right now. Sure. In Texas, um, they're not just a Texas company. They're uh, uh, they're going international. We 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 got a real great product out there. Um, it's run by a great promoter, Tom Lance, with with uh, James Beard is 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 uh, the senior referee. He's also also one of the senior officials and helping book the show. And um, they they got a great TV deal going on, and that they're, they're on right now TV on Roku, and uh, it's it's um it's on air. Mondays at 8 p.m., Thursdays at 10 p.m. They're on Fight TV Thursday nights at 7 p.m. And um, you know, it's just it's it's I I they got guys like Moonshine Mantel, Brent McKenzie, 
um, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Barrett Brown, and it's, it's just they're, they're really a talented group. Um, uh, Nas Plunk and um, Miranda Gordy, a uh, second generation. Oh, Terry sure. Gordy. Yeah. Terry, Terry Gordy's daughter. She's phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, and I think what, uh, obviously you got the, the whole, the center of the show, it circles around Tim Storm, the heavyweight champion, former NWA sure. heavyweight champion. He's the SWA Fury, SWA Fury champion, but not if I have something to say about it, you know. So, I hear so you. Tim, always watch your back. Um, and, you know, I, I, I say one of the greatest breakout stars, I think, that's coming a long way out of that company is definitely um, uh, Ryan Green is Moonshine Mantel. Um, kid's phenomenal. You know, I've been in the yeah. ring with him. And he can go, and he can go. He can work hard. He's tough, and he, he's another guy light as a feather, yet as strong as an ox, and so is Brent McKenzie. The kid reminds me of. Well, I'll tell you what, Andrew. You um, you're part of our uh, uh, of our uh, wrestling with the future private group, right? Yes, I think I am. Why don't I th- you I'm do sure. this? Why don't you um put everything up in our private group, and then I'll share that among our other platforms. This way, we'll get it yeah, out there. I mean, like, look, they got they they work really hard. These guys and they got a good show going on there. Mm-hmm. They're on uh, Action Action uh, 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 TV, the Action Channel, and they're on CW thirty three in Dallas Fort Worth on Saturday right. night. So they're doing a really good thing. And I'm also coming to Rhode Island, my um, old state. Coming to Rhode Island, coming from, uh, uh, on Yeah, uh, no, I'm actually I'm actually working for. Um, it's a. Uh, no, it's in Woonsocket, Woonsocket, Rhode Island for uh, New World Wrestling Extreme on wow. Saturday, August 8th. Um, it's at 7.30 bell time at the American Legion Post 85 Pavilion in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. And, oh, okay, uh, good. You're French saying the name of the city right. That's where both of my parents are from. You're saying Woonsocket, the French-Canadian way. You've got the name of the city down. They'll like you for that one. And I'm wrestling against uh, a really big man, an up-and-comer. Dan, you'd love him. Oh, Angelo, you yeah, like him. So, so it should be pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. You know, I'm always trying to, I'm always trying to plug all the stuff that I'm doing coming up. Um, you know, I mean, I, I work a lot. There's a great company in Florida, Thunder Championship Wrestling. Um, and they they got a wrestling school in Florida. The great great product from them, old school wrestling, and it's one of the companies that I actually starts on. I would love to see. Good old school wrestling comeback. Listen, like, you like got to see old school wrestling, Gulf State Wrestling in Louisiana, where I work for. I was former Louisiana heavyweight champion. Oh, God. My buddy, yeah. Mike Beadle, has a great company down there, too. Yeah. I'm just trying to give kudos to everyone who's, who's gotten me up on their stuff. Um, oh, sure. I know there's sure. some issues, but I'm going to be this Thursday. You'll see me singing. Uh, live with the band Aqua Cherry on the Monty and the Pharaoh show. I'm not there as a wrestling guest. I'm there as a performer, of, uh, uh, a musical perform- musical guest, believe it or not. So I, I don't know if you guys know that, but I can also sing. So <laughs> He can so, sing as good as he can wrestle. The cat right. might be out there freaking meowing for, uh, <laughs> but, but it's, a, it's, it's all a good deal. You know, I'm just trying to, yeah. you know, everything and get everybody out there and, and, and cover all my bases with everybody, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, and thank, thank you so much for for coming by. I really, really appreciate it. Um, Bro, listen to me. I got to tell you, Angela. I want to. I want to thank you so much for having uh, um, Karen McDaniel and uh, uh, Barbara Goodish and uh, Carol Snooker on the show. And I think that was a classy thing to do. 
three great ladies from three great widows, yeah. three great wrestlers, legends in the business. And uh, two of them that I knew, one of them that I was very close with, and one of them that I idolized. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just I'll, I'll tell you like I tell everybody. You know, Dan and I, um, we don't really consider ourselves a wrestling podcast. We consider ourselves uh, archivists of history. Yeah, and, uh, it was really cool. You know, um, you know, you're you're good friends with uh, with my with my goomba, my my dear friend Tony Villano. Oh, I love Tony. Uh, yeah, and Seth uh, Seth Turner. You know, these are people that you and I know, and uh, and I I love them and respect them, and uh, you know, they're all about preserving the history. And and Tony Villano is a good friend of mine, and, and oh yeah. And, Tony's a good friend of Scott Wilder, and and uh, I hope to see you, man, come to the Wrestling Classic, uh, September nineteenth. You know that's going to be in a, in um, it's going to be in uh, Connecticut, in Hartford, Connecticut, the Wrestling Cl Classic, and uh, I'm going to be there with Scott Wilder Promotions with no, Kevin hey. Sullivan, with Greg Valentine. You know, so I mean, that's a great great. Send, I'll you what, Andrew, send me all the info. Send you know, it. I'll send, send, and I'll get there. Absolutely. That on, on the site, but um, in the meantime, Dan, I gotta tell you, man, you're a fucking awesome interview, dude. You're a good, well, thank you're you. A good you know your shit, you're, you're yeah. on the money, and I appreciate everything you said. And I gotta tell you, buddy, I, means if, I mean it from my heart, buddy. Well, I appreciate that, that means a lot. Thank you. And uh, and Mike, you gotta take care of them hemorrhoids, buddy. You know, I mean, I know it's sitting so like it's that. the penis like reduction that. surgery. Yeah. I, Listen, I, buddy, I'm, I'm crippling women comments, up and down the East Coast. Here, it wouldn't be me. You know? <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, I'm putting women in wheelchairs before their time, and oh, I need to have this reduction God. surgery in order that I'm not registered as a lethal weapon. Maybe you got the hemorrhoids from freaking tucking it in the wrong area. <laughs> I had a big question I wanted to ask Andrew tonight. I had right. a huge question that I wanted to ask him. Not, uh, I'm not going anywhere. Well, here it is. Here's the big question. And it's it's a personal thing for me that you're a, you see you are doing what I'm not doing, which is you are working the territories, you are working these uh, you know territories and entertaining people throughout the country as a professional wrestler, mm -hmm. and I give you a lot of respect for that. But one thing I respect your style of wrestling. I watched your match with Vig Van Vader. I've watched a lot of your matches, uh, Papadon. But what I don't respect, to be honest with you, is some of these guys. I guess that they're in their thirties. They're in PWG, which is in California. It's uh, some guys that I used to really respect. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa taking his thumb, inserting his thumb into Jushin Liger's buttocks. And then another wrestler comes along and inserts his thumb into Tommaso Ciampa. And then they have a whole train. And some of these guys that are in this thing are now in NXT. They're now in AEW. And they've made big names for themselves. And, and I'm very adamant that that was disgraceful. That was a disrespect to the sport. That was a disrespect to the fans. A disrespect to the ring. Kenny Omega wrestling plastic dolls and nine-year-old Japanese girls. All it's very disgraceful. And a man of integrity such as yourself, Andrew the Reinforcer Anderson, how do you deal with with these prima donna brats who have, who have less respect for the business than Tom McGee did in 1986. How does you know, a man of integrity such as yourself tolerate these losers? I, I, I it's not, look, I can't really say anything about anybody. I can't, I can't say my feelings about any of that stuff, you know, because, I mean, I don't want people to, to start shitting on me saying what I don't like. Look, I said I didn't appreciate the dick flip. 
at once, and everybody went off on me about it. Yeah, well, we see what happens now, don't we, with that guy? Yeah, and everybody shit on me because I said I didn't appreciate the dick flip. But look where that's gone. You know what I'm saying? He's a nice guy. When I met I met him. He's the, the yeah. Well, tonight. he wasn't trying to touch you in inappropriate yeah, ways. But, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not all about. I'm not about. I'm not about making a mockery of the business. That's all yeah, I got to exactly. say about exactly. And here's and that's the problem. The problem is right is wrong, wrong is right, up is down, left is right, right is left. Every the whole fucking business is upside down right now. Well, I'd like to end this with one thing. I remember there was a quote. Now I might have fucked the might fuck the quote up. I don't know if I'm gonna, but. Johnny Valentine once said, "You may not think the sport is real, but you'll think that I'm real." Yeah, and that's that's yeah. Johnny said, "I remember that well." I remember, yeah, because remember, I'm old. I I know the shit. He said, "I can't. I can never convince you that wrestling is real, but I will damn sure convince you that I'm real." Real, yep. And Greg and Greg would always tell and tell me. He goes, "My dad." didn't do this my dad would do this my my dad would do this and yeah he had a lot of love and respect for his dad and 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 you know greg is like a dad to me and we'd always work the angle that he's my dad you know what i'm saying uh, at autograph show stuff like that and he'd always say a little bit of the drizzle that came down my leg you know (laughs) (laughs) that's why that's why why deborah mcmichael will always call me dribbles so she yeah. said, "Eat the dribble of you, a little bit of Greg's dribble." Wow. She said, "You did not. You didn't fall too far away from him." So she'd always right. bust me. Exactly. But, but I always say, I always really- say, I had three fathers in professional wrestling. I had Jimmy Superfly Snooker, Greg the Hammer Valentine, and Kevin Sullivan. And and Kevin has taught me a lot over the past few years. And I want to give a shout out to uh, to a friend of mine, Craig Massey, who's one of the best guys in the business. Uh, he's not in the wrestling business, but he's one. He's the self-proclaimed world's biggest wrestling mark, and he has one of the biggest collections of wrestling memorabilia you ever could shake a stick at. And he's also one of the nicest guys I've ever freaking met, and and I owe the guy a lot. He's helped my career a great deal, and I want to thank you, Craig. If you're watching this, I love you, buddy. And uh, I love Kevin Sullivan. I love you dearly, Papa. I call him Papa because he's Papa Papa Smurf. He looks like the Travelocity Gnome with that little beard he's got now, you know, but, you know, it happens when you're a diminutive little bastard like him, you know? So, but, and, uh, you know, I, somebody just posted a couple of days ago of uh, a picture of me and uh, and Big um, and big Gang, the one-man gang, and, uh, sure. and a picture of me and Gang, George, hugging each other, George Gray, and it was at a, a show from uh, Gulf, Gulf State Wrestling, and uh, it, it, it was just, to me, uh, pictures like that, they show the camaraderie uh, camaraderie of the business that you can't make up it's like i haven't seen gang in such a long time there was some flooding going down in louisiana and uh in baton rouge where he lives and, and when i saw him it was just like you know we hugged each other and somebody caught that moment i think it's a really beautiful picture and yeah. uh, it's moments like that it's moments like that that i wish a lot of the boys would remember because the guys that you meet now in this business are probably going to be the best friends you have in your life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's you make you become family. I these guys more than I've seen my family at times, and that's Absolutely. what really means to me. And that's why I wanted to push, and I still want to find somebody who can help me make behind the ropes because it's about the brotherhood. It's not about Andrew Anderson. It's not about me. You know, it's about the brotherhood of pro wrestling. I wish people could show that the emotion, the feeling, and the love that we have for each other. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think you like that um, anymore. It's not. I I think perhaps the show uh, will go 
uh, a long way, at least at that major first step in getting that accomplished. You know, I don't believe in accidents. Uh, and I don't think it was an accident that Mike Messier was here tonight. Uh, and I believe that uh, that fate has something bigger and better for you. Um, I'm absolutely convinced of that. Uh, we got to have you back. We uh, got to just barely got started. The movie Blade and Blood by director J.D. Glasscock. Yes, I said Glasscock, but he's a great director. He's a great writer and director. Yes. I'm doing a movie called Blade and Blood with him, and it's been postponed because of this freaking pandemic. And uh, it's 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 going to be a major motion picture, and uh, it's something to look out for. And I'll keep you guys, you know, informed about what's going on with everything. So, yeah. Yeah. but uh, guys, it's been I great. Appreciate Andrew, we gotta gotta have you come back. Um, uh, I will uh, see today's uh, Tuesday. I will give you a holler tomorrow. You gonna you'll be around tomorrow around all day my 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 doctor's actually making a house call he's coming to take blood so that i can get licensed for uh kentucky tennessee louisiana and have all my blood work for all the states and when it does open up i'm ready because it's a six month period that that the blood work has to be ready some some states it's three month period but you got to have everything the hiv hepatitis and everything and you know and i'm going to go with everything except for a freaking tooth that's got to have a, sec a root canal on uh the twenty sixth. Uh, yeah. Other than that, that's it. You know, maybe I'll find somebody to drop kick my tooth out. Wow. So, <laughs> and thank you so much. <laughs> we appreciate it. Tell our friends Monty and the Pharaoh we said hi. Yeah. Uh, we. Uh, I'll touch base with you tomorrow. Uh, Andrew Anderson, everyone. He's thank really to fine. Thank you so much, Andrew. Yes, sir, uh, you you right. got a home here, brother. You're coming back. Take right. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. Andrew Anderson, everyone. Great guy. Mikey, Danny. Yes, sir. We are back. Here's oh, Dave. We got, we got Dave back there. Look, he's in a tree. Now, Dave is here tonight because Dave is actually involved in a, uh, a very important uh, happening on Friday night. Before we get to you, Dave, we got to have a sponsor. It's a very fine watch. Yes, I love it. Do you see what time it is? Yes, it's 9.30 p.m. Yeah, half hour late, and then you called me a half hour early before that. Well, Dude. I can do that. You know why? Because I can. Dan. Yes, sir. Our sponsor. Word from our sponsor. Well, you know, it's funny, uh, on his, part of his parting words, Andrew mentioned his criticism of the dick flip and Mikey chimed in that, uh, you know, it's no fun, the dick flip, especially if you're trying to uh, touch it against your will. But, you know, if you're going to talk about touching something, it's got to be smooth. It's got to be clean. And you can do that with our friends at Manscaped.com. For those of you are uh, Manscaped.com, uh, whether you're carrying a couple of cue balls or you're a wolf man from the waist down, you know, uh, me personally, I was a child of the 80s. So I learned from a young age, wolf man's got nards. And if wolf man wants to take care of those nards, he can with our friends at manscaped.com. Use the promo code wrestling future for 20% off. They're currently running a bundle deal includes the the uh, lawnmower 3.0, which is the best shaver out there. You have yep. the re reviver and preserver ball spray. Yes, I said that correctly. You get a free pair of the Manscaped boxers, most comfortable boxers you'll ever have, and a free leather carry bag. If you use promo code Wrestling Future, you get 18, per, eight, excuse me, eighteen dollars off as well as free shipping. 
So for our friends at manscaped.com, for all your manscaping needs, your ball spray, you, you can smell nice, look nice. Trust me, if you uh, in, in the era of 2020 when everything sucks, you can do something that makes you feel good. For Wrestling the Future and our friends at manscaped.com. Balls to the walls. Yes, sir. Speaking of balls, Dave Dahl's here. How you doing, Dave? He was here. Where'd he go? Good shot on his desk know. there. He was taking a nap a minute ago. Okay. Wow. Dave? Hold on. Good television there, Dave. I was going to say, why was I looking at a remote control? Oh, he's got the, he's got the hurricane. Where's oh, the hurricane. Okay. Why am I putting Shane over? Oh, there's his cape. All right. Nice. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Okay, so now. Oh, okay, I got you. So now, Dave, you're uh, here because um, you've got something going on Friday night. Um, it's a, a, a charity event. Um, I want you to tell everybody uh, what you're involved in, what's going on, and uh, and uh, who's who's promoting this event in Camden, New Jersey. So, as far as I know, it's a company called EWA. I never heard of them. Uh, I saw that he was having a show. I reached out to him, and who can deny me? I mean, it's me. Come on. So I'm on the show. But as far as I know, I have no clue what I'm doing. So I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to go talk badly about the town because it's Camden and that's easy to do. Mm -hmm. Hey, now. Bring the people, collect my pay, and go home. Exactly. Um, the uh, the gentleman running it is a guy named uh, Mr. CEO. I thought his name was Mr. Cleo until I realized it was Mr. Period. C dot E dot O, Mr. CEO. Um, I know that's about as much as I know about Mr. CEO. He reached out to me today. He was going to be on the show tonight, but he called me at six o'clock when I specifically told him to call me at nine o'clock. Yeah. So, yeah. Don't you uh, just hate when people call you at the wrong time, right, Dave? Oh yeah. Especially when you have a two-year-old, you have to put the bed. That's why I give you exact. You want to put your you? We'll wait while you put your daughter to bed. Well, I already put her to bed. Oh, okay, well, then I had to rush and put her to bed. Okay. Uh, well, right now, you're Dave, pretty, An An Angela and I do a lot of shows with Mikey, so we know exactly what that's like. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we deal with much messier every week. <laughs> well. Very good. So, so, like, literally, Dave, you really, like, know nothing about this group. And I'll be honest with you. I tried to reach out today. I can't find out uh, anything about who these people are. I don't so, know. The actual name is Ricky, 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 it's R-I-C-C-I Star. Oh, Ricky Star. Okay. From uh, an NWA. No. I don't think so. Yeah, he is. You sure? Yeah, Ricky Starr. Okay. But uh, Boogeyman's going to be there. I know that. The Boogie Woogie Man should be valiant. Hold on. One second. My dog's barking. Oh, we got dogs. We got kids. We got all types of fun stuff. Yeah. I didn't hear anything about Boogie coming up. 
Well, now when he says the boogeyman, is he talking boogeyman Johnny Valiant or is he talking WWE boogeyman? Because uh, they like both the, work the independent the, circuit. The the the, the uh, Marty well, or I don't know if he's talking about you know boogeyman with the big clock around his neck. Yeah, M Marty or, was his name, Marty. Or, something? Yeah, Pop, that was like 2005 uh, era. Yeah, but he still pops up. That was yeah. a good interview. And Andrew, Andrew Anderson, by the way, Angelo is a really cool guy. Uh, we could talk to him for weeks. I think, uh, from my end, I, I think maybe um, next time we'd ask him uh, to to plug up his phone or something because it was it was a little bit um, the audio was hard for me at times. But he's a he's a very talented guy. And what I was really thinking, Angelo, is Andrew Anderson is the definition of ethics in professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. And and I, I really find that to me he's someone we can get behind and say that this is the guy that can really help train guys of the next generation because he has that ethic, old school, uh, practical. Well, you got to remember something too, Mikey. Andrew came in at a time um, that was still the tail end of that old school system. Number one, number two. The guys that were training him, is that Stevie Richards? I think that's Marty Jannetty. Is that Marty? Yeah, be careful because we don't know who he's dating. Hey, keep your kid away. From, keep your daughter away from that Marty Jannetty doll. Oh. Okay, what I, what I say, Shawn Michaels, okay. Okay. It's, a, it's kind of a dark hair yeah. for Shawn. Um, Shawn had the bleach yeah, hair. So talk about, um, when you talk about Andrew, yeah, he had... Uh, you know, he's got a pedigree because I mean, look who look who trained him. Metal you Maniac, know. Jimmy Snuka, Greg sure. Valentine. Got a little I razor on there. Who's all showing up at this shindig? What's up? Who's all showing up at this shindig? You say Boogeyman, Jimmy Valiant, Boogeyman, or the Boogeyman with the big clock around his neck? The Boogeyman that eats the worms. Okay. Uh, that's, okay. That's the March so, guy. So I have no interest in seeing him. Okay. Right in in Camden. I mean, it's Camden. Oh yeah, but bad wrestling is bad wrestling. Oof. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Angelo. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a it's a it's a wrestling show in Camden. Every fifth every fifth ticket gets their car broken into during the show. Wow. It's a plan. Not to trash it, but. The biggest star on the show besides Boogeyman is myself. I mean, did you see the flyer? It's worth going just to see you, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm even shitting you. I'm shooting with you. For real. I mean, I honestly, I would go to see you. I wouldn't go to see Boogeyman. I have, would have no interest. Why? Because he doesn't wrestle anymore. What is it? He doesn't wrestle anymore. Yes, he does. Do Does worms spread COVID? Do do worms spread COVID nineteen or not? He's got to be seventy years old now. How old is he now? You're you're mixing the two up, you dumb man. No, you're talking about the dude with all the makeup. How old is he? Like sixty five? No, he can't be. How old is this dude? When he debuted as the boogeyman, he was in his forties. That was part of the storyline. When he was on Tough Enough, he lied about his age to get on Tough Enough. He was forty when that show started. So he's if he was forty in two thousand, in the mid two thousands, he's got to be mid mid to late fifties by now. Martin Marty Wright is aged. Guess how his age, guys? His birthday is tomorrow. If that means anything. What? How old is he? 
He will be 57 tomorrow. There you go. Oh, Mid to late 50. 60. All right. He's married to Melissa George. All right, so he's pushing 60. He's not exactly, you know, um, in demand. Let's be honest about it. Oh, that's not very nice. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I hate to be, you know, the, 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 the party pooper here, but somebody's got to, you know, throw some reality on the shit. You know, when, when Dave Dahl is the best attraction on the card, that ought to tell you something. Well, it should, it should be a fine, fine out. It's the dog events. I'm always the best attraction on the card. Dave Dahl, are you... Of course. Um, That's why I Now, Dave Dahl, if you could expand, this event is open to the public. People can purchase tickets, and it's yeah. going to be socially distanced yeah. and all that. Is it Come safe? Uh, it is, it's a charity event, and I, I want to get serious for, for a half a second. It's a charity event. It's for, um, it's supposed to be to, to come together to bring awareness to what? To uh, abuse? Wrestlers against abuse? What's the, the, the deal here? Hold on. Yeah, because I want to, you know, I want to make sure that I promote who they are. In, okay, EWA's risen. Okay. Yeah, very good. Okay. And um John Rivera, okay, right. Okay, cool. And and will will the will people be can you give people that are watching that might buy a ticket a sense of uh, personal safety and security or is it just take your chances and see what happens? That is above my pay grade. I'm All right, fair enough. I'm not a I'm not a boss, I'm not an owner. I'm going right. to I do, and get out of Canada. If you know, I know. Um, How did this come to you? They just reached out to you. Is that what what happened here? I reached out to them. Oh, you reached out to them. Okay. I just wanted to get back in the ring. Good for oh, you, man. You want to wrestle? Goddamn right. Okay. Um, hold on. Dan had a question. Let him ask. Go ahead, Dan. Well, I was going to chime in and say and New Jersey still has uh, – they're not fully reopened yet. So I, I don't know what arena this says this is in. I just tried to look up the poster and couldn't find it real quick. But um, they New Jersey still has restrictions on how many people can be indoors. I think I want to say it's – New Jersey's at two, 250, something like that? Outside. Oh, it's an outdoor venue. Okay. It was supposed to be last Saturday, but because – it was supposed to storm Friday and Saturday. He moved it to this Friday night. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I'm looking at no less than nine promotions called EWA Wrestling. No I less than nine. Uh, um, and none of you know, they came to New Jersey. Tell you what, oh. Angelo, uh, Jeff used to tell a good story and i know he, he told it on the show uh when he when you guys first started where he he went to that wrestling ref at a wrestling show and got paid in subway coupons this is this is starting to look uh i think dave doll's gonna end up with an envelope full of fast food coupons at this rate i'm telling you right a handshake and a, and a hoagie yeah no no not happening Rule, rule number one of uh, 
Rule number one of booking yourself for a wrestling show. Don't ever take a job where everybody makes gets paid the same amount of money. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, brother, I don't uh, I, I don't know um, what the deal is there. Um, I would love to promote them, but I, to be honest with you, I don't know who the hell they are. I can't I can't very well promote them. You know, this has got to be a uh, we, we have a lot of firsts on this show in the last yeah, the 100, 100 and change episodes, Angelo. But uh, first time we've ever booked somebody to promote a show that they don't know anything about. No offense, Dave. Well, I mean, I I expected, uh, you know, I, I I expected to, you know, to, you know, stop, you know, stock videos to his Facebook story. So, like, the most pro the best promotion was me sharing one of his posts, like his actual post. And shitting on Camden and saying, I'll be there. So that was probably the best promotion he's had so far. Okay, well, um, you know, and I'm and not to, to, to throw you under the bus, Dave, but, you know, you're normally much more prepared, you know, with all of your ducks lined up. And I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. I if can this do it to promote this show. It would be all fine and good right now. Well. But who lost the file, sir? Well, I'll tell you what. Here, here's what we're going to do. Oh, boy. Forget about the show. We're just going to talk to Dave Dahl and see what you got going on with you. How you doing, Dave? What's happening? <laughs> Good? You're an ass. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? You're a psychic dinosaur. You know that? No, Jeez. I don't know the show because of I am. Random ass company that popped up. I went to get a ring. I booked myself on it. Okay. Come home. That's it. Yeah, well, this guy reached out to me too, and, and I offered him the opportunity to come on, but he wanted to Facebook me. And I said, that's not how I roll, brother. You know, you want to come on and talk? We're going to go on Skype on my show, and we'll talk on the air. And I've not heard from him. So I don't know what to say. Um, I will probably be represented there Friday. I may not be there, but I, I, you can rest assured I will have somebody there representing me. Hmm? I'm on the show. Of course you're representing me. Absolutely. Um, so look, I mean, uh, wish the best uh, whoever you were, whoever you're working. I hope you go over, Dan. Yes, sir. What we got going on? Well, oh, let's go to Mike Messier first, Mikey. Well, what well, you got to well I'll be training uh, Dave Dahl's dog in my off time uh, to get him to behave. Uh, beyond that, I've just been concentrating on some practical matters, Angelo, uh, working on uh, my YouTube page, fixing that up, because so many people have been saying, Mike, your YouTube page needs a revamp, and so I've uh, sequestered, and I'm trying to do that for my fans, and you can find Mike Messier on YouTube, and that's about it, Angelo. Everything else is good. I appreciate you mentioning the scripts to uh, Andrew, and hopefully we'll get that going, and and when this whole COVID crap clears, uh, we'll all be making movies together. Yeah, we've got the, uh, the Dave Dahl pop now. <laughs> That's Triple H. It looked like Dave Dahl to me. It had a beard and a mustache. It was Dave Dahl. <laughs> no, I was trying to see. Dan, do you have that one? No. 
do you want that one? Uh, not particularly. No, I'm, uh, I was actually never, never the biggest fan of Triple he H. He wants Dave Dahlpop. This one. Is that Ted DiBiase? Yeah, he's, uh, Those he's over here else. somewhere. How about this one? That's, uh, <laughs> is that the Iron Sheik or is that Sabu? It's Iron Sheik. No, that's the Iron Sheik. That's great. <laughs> I I actually do appreciate the Iron Sheik one of all of them. I'll tell you what. um, I probably had pops. I was trying to sell them one. Yeah. I I, want to find out who this promotion is. Uh, I'll put a link up to their uh, to their show on the uh, on the description of the video. And the flyer. Say final goodbyes for us, Daniel, and uh, and we'll get out of here and. We'll get Mikey back to so he can lay down and take care of his. Uh, I'm fine. And, uh, uh, my my reduction surgery is tomorrow. Yes, I've been labeled a lethal crippler. John Holt's penis reduction surgery. Jesus That's Christ, right, guys. Wait, 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 wait. Get manscaped. Oh, did you get your shirt yet, Mikey? I, I haven't. No, I have not. But you I'm will. looking forward to the three XL shirt. Thank you. And you'll get it tomorrow or the next time. You, you should get. You actually, you should be getting it tomorrow. Right. Where's, Where's mine? Thursday night? What's that? Where's mine? Well, you'll get one of these lovely. Check this out. Look at this. Oh, one see? of these lovely wrestling with the future T-shirts. Just as soon as I get the, uh, you know, uh, my Dave Doll uh, uh, warm-up starter kit. Uh, go to myhousesportsdairy.com and talk to my sponsor, sir. Talk to your sponsor? No, your sponsor should be talking to me. Okay? <laughs> All right, gentlemen. That's how that shit works. Go ahead, there is, Dan. There is a new life lessons of Mikey Messier, by the way. The new life lessons on the YouTube page of Wrestling with the Future. And all the audio versions. Go ahead, Dan. Came, I came this close. I almost got a word in without Mikey. I love how much <laughs> So are we going to interview me or what? Like, where's the questions at besides the show? Like, come on. You owe me a single interview here, Angelo. You want to do this now? I'm down. You down? Dan, you down? Dan, you got time, Dan? Not particularly. We're, we're about 50, 50 minutes over uh, over my usual schedule. You better I, make time for me, goddamn. No, on a, on a serious note, um, Dave is actually a really good interview. He's a really good guest. Why don't you get a um, you and Dave do a, a round table together? Okay. You know what we were going to do that that show I talked about the uh, the state of indie wrestling. Yeah. Now with everything opening back up, why don't you and Dave hit that subject? Okay. Okay. You down for that, Dave? Whatever. You know, can I get a fucking commitment from you? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, he's, what he's, got, he's got the millennial apathy. Hey, hey, I do what you tell me. He even no-sells my fucking, you know, suggestion. Like, no-selling me. I'm not oh, no my God. It's the what? same part of the to, to the building. On behalf of Dan the Man, Mike the Magic Magic Movie Maker Messier. Listen, I'm the Magic Movie Maker. Listen to me. Mike the Magic Movie Maker Messier. 
Daredevil Dave Dahl. I'm Psychic Medium Angelo. Take care, everybody. Happy wrestling. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.